Right, welcome to another episode of Through the Door podcast. Uh, I'm Yuzi. Um, this podcast is sponsored by Wargy Productions. Uh, Wargy Productions make and produce podcasts. So if you've got, uh, if you're thinking about getting a podcast off the ground, you've got an idea for it, you're not quite sure how to get started, um, head over to wargyproductions.com and uh, take a look at some of the examples of work that those guys have been doing. They've worked with George Ezra and ASOS and Matches Fashion and lots of different ones. So there's a good um, few examples on there. Head over and just get in contact. Um, and, you know, we'll more than happy to kick some ideas around and get things going. Um, in this episode, uh, we had an amazing time sitting down. I'll use the word amazing too much, but it, it was an amazing time. Sat down with a guy called Mark Watts, who Mark is... Um, a, a massive character he's a legend but uh, and a really nice guy as well but he basically sits behind the scenes and um, has facilitated many um, artists uh, getting together and, and it's just been this kind of uh, a hub really for a lot of um, a lot of talent and a lot of artists in the London scene um, and so he he's got some really interesting stories to tell um, it's kind of a bit like you're sat in the back of his cab while he's driving you around East London or something, telling you stories. Um, it's, yeah, it's cool. Uh, he, um, basically, the short story is he was in a band and that band started to get, he was drumming in a band and that band started to get some notoriety and a, uh, just about to put pen to paper to sign a, um, a record deal and he had a bad injury on, on his knees playing football and so he had to bail out of that band and he got into management and then that made him open a, a label studio um, rehearsal space and uh, he, that's how he sort of became this um, kind of figure that glues a lot of the the talent, the different talent together, and he has a lot of um, a lot of artists coming through his studios. And as a result of that, uh, he actually um, put uh, the 2018 winner of The Voice, uh, Ruti. Uh, he actually put her forward uh, for The Voice, and she went on to win it. So, yeah, he's got tons of stories. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and let the uh, the podcast start. Um, there may be a little bit of language in this one as well, um, as with the other ones. So, if you are listening to this. Um, in in the in the car with other people or, or your kids or what have you, maybe don't do that. Um, maybe wait until you're alone. And um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Head over to the Instagram um, and um, hit the uh, hit the likes and, and follow and what have you, so you can keep up to pace with what we're up to. Um, the Instagrams are at uh, through the door. So is Twitter. Uh, yeah, anyway, right, this is Mark Watts. Cheers. If, this, if you think I'm boring on, just go. Yeah. Boring yeah. on, go like. Yeah. Right. Shut up. No, 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 mate. Right, well, we're rolling, so... Oh, start eating Chris and I can't have any swearing. Even any swearies, I've got to have it bleeped out. If that's all right. Oh really? <laughs> I won't swear though, because I don't swear on. Mate, we've got public. loads of it on the other ones, so we'll just have to figure exactly. out. Remember what other one? The yeah, pit one's full of it. Oh no, that's possibly. fine. Yeah, yeah. You feel your boots. Mm. That's oh, just right. me. I get a bit para. Oh, do you? Is he coming yeah. for a while now? Uh, you're, you sound distant, but I can hear you. So hello. Um, I can't. Oh, oh, sorry. At least I'm hearing you. Yeah. I'll. Uh, 
I'm going to have to let you forward as well. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi. Cool. Good to go, Warren. Fabulous. All right, you ready? Yeah. Stop fucking about that. No, no, yeah, it's all good. Out of order. Fabulous. Out of order. So, Mark Watts, welcome to Through the Door Podcast. Hello. Hello. How are Hello. you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Fantastic. We've got snacks, supplies, oh, mate. coffee. Exactly. Crispier the better for the yeah. podcast. <laughs> as noisy as possible. Warren. Right. <laughs> Let's get it out of the way. All of get the it out of the way. Just out of the way there. That's it. Um, good, thanks. So, uh, I've known Mark for a long time. Um, yeah, it's been a while, mate. It has it? been a long while. and uh, But primarily through... Um, uh, making music in your various sort of studio rooms around Essex and yeah man uh, yeah we're doing lots of pre-production rehearsals for tours and stuff I've been on uh, developing music in your in your studios and yeah um, we kind of want to know how your career started in music and in and around recording audio in the music and how your idea went to your career effectively um, it's a mad one. No, I mean, it's a, it's a bit, it's a very, it's a very career you've got, obviously, because from you know, forwarding people, sorry, from, from like drumming to develop, like, solid about on doors like we do, making tunes, yeah, yeah, yeah. to running uh, uh, rehearsal spaces for bands, to running a record label. Uh, being part of a documentary, uh, <laughs> and and then also putting putting artists to. You know, shows like The Voice and helping develop them. I mean, it's like that. That's an amazing career for someone to just do from ideas and yeah. being creative. So, yeah, um, it's, 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 it, I think the thing is with a lot of it, you fall into stuff by accident. I don't think you actually go, oh, I'm going to do that. No. Do you know what I mean? You do one thing and along the way, mm. something else happens and then it moves mm. on. As you know, it's everyone kind of knows everyone, don't they? Yeah. In that little music world. But um, yeah, cool. But where, um, where did it all first start, do you think, with you? Like, when did you first start getting interested in music? What did you pick up and why? I honestly, this is this is true. I've done um, a good friend of ours, Stu, uh, Whiff Waff, yeah. done his beat and track. And like, my, basically, my, my, my old man always, we always had a guitar around the ass. So, like, my dad could play a few chords and that. And then, um, but my old man was into like Floyd Zeppelin, yeah. Sabbath, yeah. Rory Gallagher. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He had some wicked taste in music and then my mum was banging to Motown and Soul so it was a really nice sort of uh, blend do you know what I mean yeah. it was all the good stuff like yeah, exactly. and uh, yeah basically and there was always guitar back there was always music on in the house my mum and dad had a massive music collection we never owned a record player though no it's always cassette yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah this is pre-CD everyone um <laughs> Yes, it was, it was, we never owned a record, but it was always on cassette, mm. mad. And uh, yeah, so, um, and then I used to, I used to pick the guitar up, muck about with it, do you know what I mean? But there was, um, I said on, I said this story, I took um, Whiffers thing like, you know, and yeah. I said, I was around me nan and granddad's and they had like a bar in their living room and behind the bar was uh, like a little alcove, which mm. was actually the under the stairs. Yeah where they used to keep booze and that. They had a record player under there and vinyl and that. And I picked up this record, threw it on, and it was uh, No More Heroes, Stranglers. Oh, nice. And mate, I just rinsed it. Yeah. I literally, it was like, oh, I loved it. You know what I mean? It was like something proper sort of struck. But I'd always, like I said, I'd always been into music, but I can, that's quite a poignant memory where you remember that and it's like, oh my God, what yeah. is this? Yeah, you yeah. know? And um, yeah, and I think just from there, but I've always been music mad. Um, and then moving on, sort of back in like 84, 
I think around that time, as much as I was into my band thing, like, you know when people try and be cool and go the first record? I mean, the first record I bought was Smurfs. Uh, it, was, it was like a Smurfs album. Yeah. Father Abraham or something. And it was well funny. I've still got it on vinyl, man. My sister bought the Jungle Book uh, yeah. story and I bought it. I was only about two, three yeah. or something. Anyway, but I can remember just, my dad had, uh, I think it was like Led's, what one's got a lot of love on? Led Zeppelin, uh, one of them, innit? Two, three, three so. I and I just caned it like that. And also, Paranoid Sabbath yeah. caned that. Yeah, and then my mum had this, some mixed stuff, and I found uh, Rapper's Delight oh, yeah. on the thing. I was like, yeah. oh, mate, this is cool. Mm. And then, like, there was a couple of bits breaking through a mainstream. Mm. And I was only, like, literally, I must have been, like, eight or something. But I really, really got into uh, old-school hip-hop massively. Mm. And uh, on... Capital Radio on Saturday and Friday night there was a thing called Electro Hour with a DJ called Mike Allen who I recently googled and they put on this show at Wembley man and the lineup is just a jo- yeah. like it's the best lineup really? ever oh mate it's unbelievable <laughs> and uh, so it used to be called Electro Hour so I used to, mm. and the breakdance thing started coming through gotcha. so I think that whole Electro series so if there's any youngins out there who listen to this, <laughs> check it out. Like Electro Freeze, one of my favourites, yeah. mm. and uh, Sucker MC yeah. on uh, Run DMC. Like it's just amazing. Like this this whole collection is this electronic music, and I can remember watching like Breakdance and Beach Street yeah. and whatever. And I can remember in Beach Street he samples like this dripping tap. Yeah. And I used to try and do it, and I'm thinking yeah. this sounds rubbish. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. oh, comes he's got it saying like. Like, really, yeah. you know what I mean? It was proper. Well, how did you do that then? I don't know. Anyway, right? <laughs> and it was you like. Got practice yeah, yeah, I've been beatboxing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically, right, he, um, it was like that. It just got me really into that. So we used to do the thing where we'd have the two tape decks and we'd record a bit and, like, you'd do like a little mashup. No, like, beginning of Chuck a Car and Feel for You. Chuck a Chuck a Chuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like that. And it, was, yeah. it was well pony, you yeah. know what I mean? But. I've just always been interested in that sort of thing. And like I say, I had massively into breakdancing, but I was a bit too young. I had some older mates that were mustard, do you know what yeah, I mean? They were yeah. unbelievable at it and used to potter about, follow them with a big bit of lino now and yeah. then. Um, so <laughs> I was always into the old school, you know, US hip hop thing. Yeah. And then like kind of moving on a little bit from that, um, one New Year's Eve, me and my mate Wolfie, uh, we was, we was at a party, like load of us. We was only about, I think, I think it was about, I think it was about fourteen, and it was New Year's Eve, and we was banging to obviously big. I've missed out here. He's uh, obviously the pirate radio station, Centerfall, Sunrise, Fantasy, and all that mm-hmm. coming through, mm-hmm. and we just loved it. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. acid house thing just gripped us, and um, like it was just. You know, we was addicted. I just used to be taping it. I had tapes and tapes and tapes. So you're into early nineties now. And, um, you're into like yeah, so now it's kind of like 88. 88. Yeah. Right. So um, it was mad. And then it was really funny. And we were sitting, because the music at the party was family party, like mates, friends, family, and that was cool. Mm. But me and my mate were sitting in my old man's motor or whoever's car it was, listening to like, I think it was Centre Force or Fantasy, or we was locked in yeah, to one yeah, of yeah. them. And we was loving it. And it was like, you know, we'd always been into it. And like from that little early stages of it breaking through. And I went to my mate, Oh, yeah, I'm going to buy some decks. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy some decks. He's like, no, nah, you're joking. I was like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it was a big thing. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, 
I scraped up some stickies, like, because it was Christmas, just had Christmas, my birthday's yeah. in December. I used to work down Rockford Market. I had a car cleaning round, loved it. And uh, <laughs> go straight up, man. It's funny, yeah. We used to, like, on a Saturday, we'd go set up the store at the market, yeah. come back, and we had three cars that we'd clean every Saturday. Mm. So we'd clean them out, like, come back. But then when the weather was cool, again, I know it's saying silly, but we'd have, as long as we had our music, yeah. we didn't care, do you know what I mean? Mm. We was, like, locked into one of the pirates, and I've still got some cassettes of it. Yeah, I've genuinely got some of them. Yeah. That's another story. Sarah, I lent them to Sarah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, cheers. I ain't seen them since. <laughs> anyway, and um, yeah, basically, we, we used to like listen to that. And then, so I had some dough that I'd saved up. And I went down to Tandy's in Romford. And uh, they used to sell these Memorex decks. And they were like 3% pitch, belt drive, right. shockers, like. Yeah. And a little realistic mixer. And... Um, it was mad, and I learned to mix on them, like, you know, although they were belt drive, and mm. I could, you, obviously anything with more than sort of 3%, you know, whatever, six yeah. or whatever it is, tolerance, you was finished, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you would literally, and back then as well, the the, the, um, the things in the in the samplers weren't great, like, no, like the time, um, I don't know what you'd call them, like, uh, things that keep music in time, basically. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, the like, time stuff. But, but within, yeah, yeah but yeah. within the within the software, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it course. used to wave a bit. Yeah, so yeah. Back then, mixing, like, not only was you mixing on 3% belt drives, the the, tr the tracks would move a little bit, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So you'd have to really graft your mixes. Yeah, 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 and it was yeah, like, yeah. mate, it was like Karate Kid or something, you know, like, if you could, <laughs> yeah. if you could learn... To wax on, wax off on a, <laughs> yeah. on a set of pair of Memorex three percenters, yeah. you was good, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got so that was that. Started buying some records, um, which is a bit uh, another bit of a mad one because a pal of mine, a guy called Danny Donnelly, he had a record shop in Boogie called Boogie Times in Romford. Yeah, I remember it. And yeah. it was unbelievable. You walked in, it had a massive like five k rig in there or something stupid. Yeah. It was all graphed up. Yeah. It was amazing. Everything you wanted. It was where he started to bourbon base records, oh, nice. and it just you know he's a bit of bit of a uh, ledge in that yeah, in that world. Too. Do you know what I mean? And basically, that's where I went and bought all my started buying my records. So mm. it was kind of that was how it worked. It went rob for market, go home, get uh, do the cars, get weighed out, go to the stall. Get an early way out on the wages. Yeah. Go to boogie times. Nice. So I, I, so yeah. I think I bought Daddy's first Ferrari. Like, yeah. you know what, I mean? <laughs> what I was doing in there, it was mad. Like, and uh, it was so cool though because you have all the flyers on the windowsill selling tickets for raves out of there. Yeah. You know, and at the time I was still kind of only a, well fourteen. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it was, mm. I was still quite young. Um, was I fifteen? Might have been fifteen. I can't remember. Fourteen. 15. Hustling for fifteen, fourteen, aren't it? You yeah, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, seriously, man. It was like, like yeah, you know, serious. like we. You want something? You got to yeah. go and go and do a bit of college. You know what I mean? Of course, yeah. And um, anyway, so that was that. And um, yeah, but we first, and I just really got into it more and more, and mm. I could genuinely mix on these wafty old decks. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then the yeah. plan was like to go for the holy grail of the twelve tens. Yeah. And um, down the other way road, there used to be a club down the other way road called Rocket. And just along from there, there was a shop, and I what proper scan for all the loots and all the paper, obviously because no internet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Proper shopped around, and they was doing a deal. You could buy two twelve tens, and uh, they chuck you in a set of uh, Stanton cartridges mm. for six hundred quid. Mm. And so basically, I'd like 
I had an old moat control car. Remember Beatties? Oh, Remember yeah. Mo- I yeah, don't yeah. know, this before your time. I don't oh, know. Beatties, yeah. Well, yeah. these are petrol ones. The proper no, ones. it was like, they did, no, it weren't that advanced. It was just a motor, but like, right. you had all these cars. <laughs> yeah. and um, like the rain on your brain. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, mean, I always wanted one. I'm mostly scarred from that. Oh, but I don't like to talk about it. But no, um, yeah, right. So I, I flogged, like, cashed some bits in and obviously some money. And uh, my mate, uh, Muns, wanted to buy my decks. So I sold them on. Yeah. And uh, well, funny, this was a touch. My mixer went wafty and it was under warranty. Mm. And uh, I took it back. It was pony mixer anyway. So I took it back and they was like, the one that I wanted but couldn't afford was on sale. And I was like, well, as I paid that for that, rather than replacing it for that one, can I have that one? And they was like, yeah, cool. Because it was the same money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So no, I was like, sweet. So I got a little upgrade on that. <laughs> anyway, went down, cashed out everything. And I, I went down there and I had 600 quid like um, it's well funny. I can remember my dad going, "You like, sure you want to do this?" Like, because back then it was it was a lot of money, especially when yeah. you was like 15, yeah. 16. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah," because it was either that or get a little fizzy fifty for the for the road, like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah right. And because uh, I loved scramblers and yeah, that as yeah. a kid, and uh, I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna go for the decks," and uh, and that was it. Whacked over six hundred solves. Bosh, got home. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But and then from there got real bang into the DJing and stuff and mm. into that whole world. And um, yeah, that, that kind of took me up to, like I say, about 16. Yeah. Seven, yeah, 16 I was when I got in. Yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then um, just loved that whole rave scene. Still do, like there's stuff now that I could, mm. I've been playing it for, however, yeah. I'm rubbish at maths, but it's 30 years or something, isn't it? Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm st- it still gets me, man. I'm like, this is, a, you know, yeah. just connects with me you know mm. it's just amazing but um and then like i say from there it was like the whole rave thing by this point we was old enough to start going to raves and yeah well, not necessarily old enough but we had a few older mates that could get us in places or whatever and uh yeah just 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 really fell in love with the whole electronic dance scene it was a pretty amazing time like you know yeah mm. like, so, so that's your introduction into music that's like how you you, f- you fell in love with it basically yeah right? that was like a bit of a Little, so so yeah, then at what point the then end. as you go on do you then get into because I know from your history you got into a band right yeah well, it was so how so how did that happen and then uh, and then yeah. and then within that how did you record where did you record like yeah. all, all those details yeah right? yeah um, we basically uh, I used to play I used to I love I still do I love football West Ham fan and uh, <laughs> um, like love football and me and my mates were football mad. And um, basically, I was in a game and I, I had a really bad football injury. I snapped my cruise ligament, but then when I opened my legs up, it was mm. like, yeah, you're riddled with arthritis. I was only 17, yeah, you won't play football again. Yeah. Not that I was going to ever do anything, you know, go on and do, be like England captain, but I'm just, you know, it's just something I love doing and always done. And it really blew my brains out. So it's from footy that you yeah, done, yeah, you knee? Yeah, I smashed <clears> my knee to pieces and then... And then three, what was it? Three months later, literally 12 weeks, walking along, I snapped my right one. Oh, I snapped the anterior God. cruciate in my right leg. Shit. So I'd done my left knee and right knee in the space oh, of, uh, yeah, 12 weeks. Was well, it because you're and, limping uh, on it or using the I, other one more? I think so, yeah, yeah. But I think they were smashed to pay. I think because mm. we were, fo- we was always playing football, do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm. Always from kids. We was football mad. And um, yeah, basically, I um, done that. So because I couldn't play football anymore, um, I sort of like was doing other bits and pieces. I was sport mad, you know, and 
it was a bit, it's a bit of a crazy one. Like I've obviously was in my DJing and that, but one of my pals from school, he was a couple of years younger than me, he was like one of the younger lot, mate, uh, Wurzel, Paul James. Mm. And um, he just said like, cause he knew I'd mucked about on a, like played a few calls on the guitar, could play a few songs, you know what I mean? And um, he just said, look, we're gonna go and have a jam. Me and a couple of geezers I know we're gonna have a little jam up for, yeah. over, uh, funny enough, my old school, which is Britain's in, right. in Raynham, in Essex. And uh, they had this thing called the Havering Bands Project. And it was it was really good. Like it was basically mm. like a music block. Mm. And what you could do, like it was something like four quid for like two hours or something. Really? And you could use the entire back line. Yeah, it was it was, really? it was mental. Yeah, yeah it was so like you a, didn't need that now. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah. god, <laughs> four quid. No, honestly, man. <laughs> but it was it was for a certain yeah. age group. Yeah, you know yeah of course it was. Yeah, and yeah. Um, youth project. Yeah, yeah. and it was like so. We've all turned up with guitars. There's me, Wurzel, a lad Sanger who was in uh, who was in my uh, who's in Wurzel's year, two years below me. And like I say, this is geezer John. I've never met him by this time we're at college. He went to college with Sanger. Cool, and uh, we all had guitars. He was be like, "This yeah. is awkward." Yeah. And then basically, <laughs> this this geezer, we've been there. So, yeah, so Sang was like had a pair of sticks with him, right? And they were Ringo Starr signature sticks. Well, uh, Must yeah. be proper old, right? <laughs> and, uh, and and he went, and I don't know what it was. I think because of the, I think because of the DJ thing, and the drum beat, or yeah. I don't know. Like I'm a rubbish drummer, but I was good for what I needed to be in that band. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't down. even say I'm a drummer. I say I play drums in a band. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, an insult yeah. to drummers to say I'm a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. So I went, oh, I'll play drums. And I was like, oh, you ever played them? I was like, nah. It was just like, no, you think this is going to be shocking. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And uh, anyway, so sat down and I could just play a beat. Yeah. Like, do you know, like supersonic? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that very simple, straight sort of boom, ja, boom, yeah. boom, ja. and basically we played Supersonic for two hours. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing, yeah. and the reason why it was like we was all looking at each other, going, "We're doing it. We're playing yeah. this." Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I, I, I was massive Oasis fan anyway. I love them. Yeah, and um, it was like what I loved about Oasis was the fact that Noel Gallagher, genius, like. People might go, mm, whatever, I don't care. No, the is unbelievable. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, you know, he might take influence, you know, less from... <laughs> well, there's that's, influence in there's one yeah. word for it. <laughs> but he puts his own spin on it. Yeah, you know does, what yeah. I mean? It's like he's taken yeah. what was from past generation, yeah. brought it to now. So someone, let's say cigarettes, alcohol, people might go, oh, I'm naughty John. Where's that? Oh, oh it's T-Rex. What do you mean T-Rex? Mark Bowler. Yeah. Who? Exactly. Check this out, bro. Bang, they throw it and go, oh my God. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they've opened up a whole new yeah. world of another. Do you know well, what I mean? It's only the same as what sort of, of rap is. and and, and everything started is. started bringing anyway, wouldn't it? Because yeah, you uh, listen to all them samples and you go back and yeah, go, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of in a way, you know, he's, he, you're you're taking something from the past, bringing it up to date, putting mm. the modern spin, changing it a bit, putting yeah. your thing on it. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's not straight up plagiarism. Do you know what I mean? There was no, only a few tunes as well. Not, I mean, yeah. And the thing is, as well, I think. It happens to all of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what? Anyway, there's been times when me and him have written like recently, sort of for this record we've just done, and like in one minute he went, 
that's just Radiohead. He was like, no, it ain't. Nah. It ain't. And he's like, yeah, we've got a code now. Every time, every time yeah. we send it to him, someone's like, all right, no. Right, right. You're right, no. But, you know, but what was amazing about, and the genius part about Noel Gallagher was that the songs he wrote, it weren't like, you know, it weren't insane guitar. You had to be like some you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitar to yeah, play this exactly. yeah. It was anyone that had half a clue on some chords could chunk out and all of a sudden you could relate to it. Yeah. Which then give you a thing of, blimey, if these five nutters mm. from Manchester are churning these out and they look like our mates who we yeah. knock about with. Yeah. And on top of that, their songs are brilliant. Yeah, and on is. top of that, I can play them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what? Exactly. Which and it brings always... it back to the, the, you in the room. Like, yeah, exactly that. which so is back to, you, yeah. so it's us. Well, it's only four of us. Sorry, four of you. But, um, it was literally like, so, you know, there we are, you know, I'd do the beat, come in, do the, and that was it. And then after, then we learned Live Forever, so we played that for two hours, and then we'd kind of do our supersonic, our Live Forever. And then we just, like, what was quite cool about what we were doing, it was like, oh, should we just try and write some of our own stuff? It weren't like, we didn't ever want to be a covers band. Yeah. And um, it, it's a bit of a mad one, really. <laughs> the... Uh, when things started getting a bit better, one of the lads in the band went out and he bought a new uh, Epiphone Les Paul, mm. bought like some burger jacket. You know, he was <laughs> yeah. he was mad. He was mad for it. He had the bucket out on the lot. <laughs> and um, <laughs> anyway, right, my mate Wurzel rung rung up and went rung the fellow up and went, yeah, listen, uh, don't. Don't know how to say this really, but but John don't want you in the band no more. <laughs> <laughs> he just completely made it up, right? And he was like, "Well, he said, yeah, sorry, mate." So he's gone out and bought this gear. I'm thinking that's well lame, do you know what I mean? Mm. But John only found out about five years, eight years ago, I think, that Wurzel told him that it was him that sacked him, and he right. blamed him because he used to say to us like, "Yeah, he, Mark don't talk to us anymore." Or talk to me anymore, it's a bit weird, isn't it? What's happening? Like, I don't, yeah. And little did he know that words would basically said that John wants him out of the band and John knew nothing about it. Oh, do you right. know what I mean? It's well, it's a yeah. right dog move, do you know what I mean? It's quite funny. So now we're down to a three piece. Yeah. So we started going from this little like community project to a rehearsal studio and writing our own songs. You know, my mate just used to rip off Crowded House and Paul Weller. Yeah. It was a brilliant. Like, you go, oh, that's an absolute tune. How's he written that? First thing he's ever written. I'm like, that's four seasons in one day. <laughs> you know, change the words around a bit. I'm yeah. like, nah. <laughs> and um, anyway, so basically that was what happened. And we just never, ever done a cover again. Yeah. And we just wrote. The songs were disgustingly rubbish. And uh, it was so bad. And we didn't even have a singer. Like, do you know what I mean? And now my mate Ace used to come down and sing for a laugh and play tambourine. Yeah. Just because I think he felt sorry for us. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, but then eventually, like, Wurzel, like guitarist, he found his voice mm. and was like, blimey. And it, it turned out he could properly yeah. sing, do you know what yeah. I mean? Which was a touch, because uh, John was so. awful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that was it. And we just got more and more into it. And we just, it was like, you know, some people play golf or mm. go fishing or, do you know what I mean? Whatever, go down a pub. But for us, it was like wicked. Like It was just, it was something we really looked forward to every week. Mm. Yeah. And that, our songwriting got better. And... In the end, we said, right, we need to book a gig mm. uh, because then you put yourself under pressure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to get yeah, yeah. to give yourself like a target, something yeah, yeah. to aim for. Mm. So um, we booked this gig and give ourselves six months and we didn't even have a name. 
and uh, it was a mate of ours, um, guy like local promoter Ian Punter. Do you know Punter? Mm. Big up Punter. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a ledge. He used to put on a lot of dues down the island and all that. He yeah. he's, he put Oasis on the island in Ilford. Done. He was like he's a geezer, mate. Like um, he used to DJ. He had his own club night for years, and. Um, yeah, basically, he put us on at the Cellar Bar in Romford. Yeah. Wicked little venue, first, man. First, uh, first time I went into an underage club was a Cellar Bar. Oh, really? I was 15, wearing a Super Animals t-shirt, <laughs> sideburns down to the bottom of my face. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul the Girl was about 19. It was like, yeah, yeah. that was it. Go on, start. Touch, that yeah. was it. Best <laughs> night ever. Yeah. It was, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> no, it was ma- no, it's in there, that was mad. Yeah, And was we wicked. were sort of, right, let's book it. And we had literally, I ain't lying to you, that's about 150 people in this little venue. It was I'd well love to funny. I'd in there now. The ceiling, oh, the ceiling. Was me. yeah, and it used to drip off the ceiling, the sweat. Drip off. You imagine having a proper, proper sweaty again. little. Uh, it was wicked. So yeah. is this 150 of your lot, or is it just no, just no, my, my our lot, like yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, that was it. We'd done our first gig. It was well funny because uh, we said like, right, how do we know? Like when you play small faces, all or nothing. We know we're on next. Do you know what I mean? It was like it was well funny. We had about five songs, and I think we played a couple twice. Yeah, yeah. Just to pad it out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. And from then on, that was it. We just went on and on and on and on. And yeah. Then, uh, like I say, what we was good at individually, like Wurzel's good. Like mate Wurzel was a front man on his own. Like wicked, he could join any band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But but with me and John, I mean John could. But like I say, with us, as a unit, we were pretty cool. Like, as a unit, we were quite a powerful little outfit. Yeah. Nothing amazing, you know, just straight out rock, pop, punk sort of stuff. And um, and that was it, yeah. So from there, um, we, it was really mad. So that venue, we'd done a, uh, a gig almost a year to the day. Yeah. Like, obviously, a year later from our first gig. Yeah. And one of our friends worked at this label that was being set up. And it was back in the day you had Hallmark Records, yeah. which was like Kinks and all that, wasn't it? Like years yeah, ago. Yeah. And this guy was trying to relaunch the label. I think, I don't know if he bought the rights or what, because by then they're doing like birthday cards, weren't they? Hallmark. They was like shops, weren't they? Yeah. And they had Hallmark TV channel and some bits. Oh, yeah, of and, course. Right, is it yeah. the same thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Never knew that. And basically, um, he was doing, setting up his label, and that she said, I'll oh, come and see my mate's band. And by the end of that, we like it was nine a year to the day. We got offered a record deal. Nice. It was well funny. Yeah. And um, it was like this is mad. So uh, anyway, that was that. It took us about nine months of negotiating backwards and forwards and demoing and stuff. And we had a um, a lawyer, a guy called Richard Baskind. Um, it was at a firm called Eaton's over Putney Bridge at the time. And he'd come and see us at a gig and he used to come to our shows and he was right into the band. He used to think yeah, he was wicked. wicked. He's, he was blinding. He, funny enough, he's at another firm now uh, where a pal of mine works. Mm. Uh, Jonathan uh, Petch, lawyer, legend, uh, music lawyer. And um, I think he's like his boss or something. Sorry, Jonathan, if he ain't. But, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, like, and he, but this dude, like, he was wicked. And he just, we went in eventually. Well, I remember the day, it was a really beautiful sunny day. Partly, we were walking over to the lawyer's office and like we went in there he was like right cool this is it like we've drilled it down all the points this that and the other and he just said you know it's not the best deal I've ever seen but it's mm. certainly not the worst mm. you know um, I think you're better than this offer but it's up to you and we just went nah it's worth it mm. yeah. and he went what we went nah just bin it and he was like oh. and he went what really we went yeah don't worry about it mm. and he was like 
Oh, I don't think he could get his head round it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That we was just like, no, nah, don't worry about it. And it was it was really fun. I wish I had kept a copy of it. It was one of my regrets. I wish mm. I kept it just to have. And um, he was like, what do you mean? He was like, no, if you don't think it's great. Yeah, we want something great. great. That was it. So then, anyway, move moving on. That got binned. Um, we we like carried on gigging, doing stuff. And then, I without being, you know... Uh, I don't have the words flash, I don't know, or ignorant, or I don't know. I used to do everything. I used to do like the artwork. Yeah. Uh the flyers. Yeah. Um, book the gigs, drive the van. Like do you know what I mean? I was yeah, proper yeah, doing yeah. it. it I mean yeah. yeah, like um obviously what a lot of kids don't understand now is like, you know, we used to we used to put our demos on cassette, put them in jiffy bags, yeah. and then about two in the morning, my old man had a scooter used to nut backwards and forwards to work in. And I've, I've got my bike license. So about two in the morning, once I'd literally hand scalpel cut all the inlays, mm. like literally yeah, rubber right. stamped everything, written all the, it was amazing. Like yeah. burning all the, like not, not even burning, no, tape to tape all the yeah. things off. Yeah. I'd then jiffy bag them up, get myself a little route, and it'd be like two in the morning, rucksack, and I'd be on my scooter mm. uptown whizzing man putting all the things through the letterboxes mm. you know I mean? the was, letterboxes of what labels all the labels what? yeah booking oh, yeah. agents labels everything, press yeah. like everything it was mad because right. you buy the NME yeah. and everything would be in the back like addresses yeah, and did, stuff yeah. right. and uh, like I say this is pre-internet so yeah. it's like yeah. it was crazy there weren't even MySpace you know what I mean it was like you want a gig you, yeah, you no email you, you didn't you had to ring a venue and go alright mate yeah. Any chance of a gig? Yeah, send us a demo. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So I'd either deliver it by hand, or I'd put in a post, and then you'd have to wait a week or two. Yeah. Then you ring up. Did you get it? Yeah, we got a load to go through. What was the name again? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like that. Uh, free fall. In case I was wondering, yeah. and that was never even. That, <laughs> I was actually. I was. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was never even meant to be the name. What happened was we did have a name. My mate went uh, free fall, and we went yeah that do for now. And we'll change it. And we just never did. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. one M. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was crazy. So like from there, and, and then one night, we was playing uh, at the Barfly uh, in Camden. True. Um, it, was, it was mental. Like we, Honestly, we had a wicked fan base. We were really proactive. And uh, we were lucky that we, I still knock about with a lot of my mates from school. Like literally loads of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it, we... We used to literally get two coaches on a Saturday night, mm. and then uh, and that was we used to book a couple of coaches, uh, but then people would make their own way. So we yeah. would ram a venue out like massively, and uh, we done a gig on the bar fly on a Saturday night, and it was carnage. It was so good, like you know whether we were good or not, I don't know, but we had a good time. And then this guy come up to us after and was like, "That was brilliant." Like, what's the crack? What's your band? Like, what are you doing? What's like, what, what mm. honest? And he just said, like, I'd love. Have you got management? Mm. And I was like, Nah. I said, I'll pretty much do. Yeah. Sorry, John and Wurzel, if you hear this, but <laughs> I, I did pretty much used to do it. And uh, and he was like, Mad. He's like, he said, Any chance we can have a chat? He said, I do this, this, and that, ever. And um, he was like, Yeah, cool. And um, basically, we met up with him. And he brought his mate, who was an NME journalist, to have a chat. And uh, he was like, you know, we get involved. And then he brought his other mate down, mm -hmm. a guy called Tony Willis Croft, who's like, a, he was a crane photographer. 
but he also was the Foo Fighters and Chili Peppers official photographer. Oh, nice. Right. Amazing, Amazing top geezer, mate. Yeah. So like, all of a sudden, we've got like, hold up. Mm. We've got a geezer from the NME sitting here having a lemonade. We've got, yeah. we've got like photographer come down, do some photos who photographs everybody yeah. in the world, mm. you know. And uh, I think someone like, someone out of uh, Chili Peppers rung him while we were sitting in a pub in Camden, like, he, he, only, he didn't say, but you could yeah. hear like, he, when he's like, and he was talking, all right, cool, 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 see you later. Do you know what I mean? He was like, I don't know, so that was Flea, you know what I mean? Yeah. There ain't many mates <laughs> called Flea, are there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And um, yeah, anyway, so getting to the point, we all of a sudden had somebody that, that, that could do some stuff for us. Yeah. And he was well connected. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, like, he's like, oh, cool, yeah, you're playing Brixton. He's like, oh, sweet. Like, what? Yeah, he got us in Brixton Academy, played a few what, times there. supporting or what? Yeah, yeah, supporting, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. But he would sort us out wicked gigs, yeah, put yeah. us in the studio, which I'll come to. Yes. Um, and all of a sudden, we had, like, loads of stuff going on. It was, like, mental. Geezer's going, yeah, cool, you know, do a video. And it was pretty mad. Like, like I say, all of a sudden, there was someone else yeah. that was yeah, helping us do stuff. Yeah. And, um, but that only comes after the hard graft you put in, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've gone around... Doing the physical of everything. This is pre just yeah. seeing a fucking demo, isn't it? Yeah, this is, yeah. This is or like, it, pre this SoundCloud. Is, this is this is, this is pre like. Can you can you listen to my, my yeah my MP3 please? Yeah, like, it was this is actually cutting it was, out it was physicals of everything. Like, it was, it was really yeah. cottage industry. So you're in a band. You've you've played Brixton. You've suddenly got management. You've worked really hard you, yeah. and everything. Yeah. What puts you then to suddenly somehow? I mean, I know this story, but for our listeners, yeah, yeah. So so how do you then end up? fucking about with logic pro <laughs> right. basically here we go here we go yeah so so basically because going back to me old football injuries mm. um, um like i say i've got 17 i've diagnosed with arthritis in my knees yeah in my legs whatever and uh i don't want violins it's just it's just stating the facts yeah, you know what i mean that come out and then what happened was i had 12 operations on my legs mm. on my knees um like i say i smashed the pieces but because of the operations, because I had so many and they were quite big ops, yeah. um, it laid me up from drumming. It was all right if they were doing my left knee, but because it was both knees, mm. if it was my right one, then I wouldn't be able to drum for ages. Mm. And it weren't fair on the band. So like, not that we did, we did that, but when it comes to a point where, like I used to do gigs, I'd have these big crazy metal pins sticking out of my legs and everything. And I'd just be obble on the stage Shit, and my hi-hats, I'd just set them just slightly open. Yeah. So that if I wanted to use the edge of the stick on the, on the, yeah. when you, do you know what I mean? For dynamic or yeah. the tip of the stick for the yeah. verses, without whatever. Without having to press down. Yeah, without having to use the pedal. Mm. And then, so what happened was I had this, I had a load of operations lined up and it was just like, oh man, this ain't fair. And to be fair, like the way the music style were going, they were kind of leaning more a different way to me. Uh, and it was getting quite a lot heavier. Um, it was cool, but it weren't really. I weren't really digging it. So, well, it, are you on the label by this point again? Or is, oh, did sorry. You the whole label but we, but with, with with like our old manager, uh, he was just so good, man. He, he was well, things he was doing. But what happened was because the operations, mm. I had to then leave. Right. Well, so what I did, I said, look, listen, I've got to have these operations. It ain't fair that I, you know, I'm going to set you back, and I don't want to prevent you from progressing and doing whatever it is. So basically, I waited until they got a new drummer. Like they was like everything was wicked, do you know what I mean? Like we're still good pals. Mm. We done a twentieth anniversary gig last year for charity. Oh, we done it. Yeah. Just give the money to um 
what was it, Elk Three Heroes? Or, no, British Legion. It was oh. British Legion. Yeah, was it? Yeah, and uh, it was a, it was the fact that it was twenty years since our first gig, and it was yeah. just come about by a chance conversation. But we still we hadn't seen John the bass player for years, but me and Words will speak regularly. He still rehearses at my studio. Really, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we talk anyway. We're pals, and uh, so basically, uh, I left. I was there when they was auditioning drummers. And this guy came in, last little bit about, I'll tie up this band bit, but this guy came in, this drummer, and he was just like, he was a real drummer, do you know what I mean? Like, he was like, this geezer's a machine. He's, he was unbelievable, <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Anyway, by this point, internet had come about, yeah? So we had a website, it was, mm. and we had, um, we had a website, and we had uh, email and all that sort of thing, and things were starting to change. And get and the big thing was MySpace. Mm. So we had a MySpace page, you know, yeah. fans, followers. It was it was cool. So um, by this point, we've auditioned this drummer. He's amazingly good, and it was like, and he, not being old, he's a, he was a he was a bit bunkers, but in a cool way. You know, you think yeah. like he was just a bit eccentric and mad. Uh, it weren't it weren't uh, false. It was jet. It was real. The geese was off his rocker. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But in a cool way, and. Um, Anyway, that was that. So um, they've got the new drummer. Things are wicked. Because I've done a lot of stuff for the band, I then um, I then uh, put my name down almost like management on the on, as a point of contact. So it looks shabby if you're in a band and it's like... Yeah. Not, it ain't, but you know what I mean? In the, back in the day, I was thinking, oh, man, you're like, contact, you know, Mark. And he, I ain't need a drummer. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, right. But like, so basically, I was a better name. to be represented. Uh, yeah, I wasn't in the band, but it would just look better to have a name of somebody. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting there and it was like, bang, this uh, MySpace message comes through. Hello. Um, they, they recorded some new sessions, uh, some new demos and stuff. And um, by this point, we got this message on uh, MySpace from this guy who worked at Sony, a guy called Ricardo Fernandez. Lovely geezer. He signed uh, Bullet For My Valentine. Right. Uh, he's like Anastasia, a few other bits. Mm. I mean, so I'm told. Uh, Wicked. He was like, hey man, how you doing? Uh, really love the band. Be cool to meet up, you know. Mm. Would you like to come in and have a chat about what they're up to, whatever? I was like, mental. You know, mm. like there's, yeah. a, there's a major label here. Kind of, I'm going back years yeah. now. And it was like, mm. big deal. So cool. When I met the dude, wicked geezer. Um, don't know if he's still doing stuff. I'm not sure. And he was just like, mate, I think this band are amazing. Like, what are they like live? And I was like, like brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Like, re- like the drummer was next level mental. Like yeah. they were wicked band. Yeah, they'd gone up a notch. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you know it's a different, slightly turning a little bit on the genre, and uh, a bit heavier, faster. Hmm. And uh, anyway, so right, he goes. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Do you, do you want to uh, like go away? He said, "What I'd like you to do." Had a chat, talking about bits and pieces. He said, "What I'd like you to do is um, go away and write, get them to write three tunes." He said, "I want one that's super fast, one that's really slow, and one mid tempo." You know, obviously, just to give you a bit of a range rather than be a one trick pony, yeah, yeah. tearing out you know two and a half minute tear outs. Let's see if there's a bit yeah. of diversity or whatever. Cool. And by this time, I had my own studio, so I was like, "Bang, rung them up." Literally that week, within within seven days, they had written three new songs mm. to brief, recorded, and I'd sent them to him. And he was like, mm. "You're in laugh." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it was like, 
these these are these are really really good. Yeah. He said not as good as the others, mm. but really good. Uh, cool, let's set up a show. Yeah, like I'd love to come and see them live. It was like wicked. So by this point, I then goes in and tells the band, you know, this is the crack. He's gonna come down and check you out. And this is this isn't one of them toffee stories, you know. I could have played mm. Ringland, but I broke my leg. Um, the drummer went when this come about. I said, listen, man, you know, this guy's at Sony. You know, I don't know if it was Sony. No, it wouldn't be Sony TV. I can't remember. It must be. I think it was Sony. Um, really interested in the band. You know, da da da. And the drummer went, yeah. It's, uh, to be honest with you, it's all getting a little bit too serious for me. He went, uh, yeah, I think, I, I, I think I'll think i call it a day now. Oh, no. True, true. Right? He was like, we was like, what? What? Yeah. And, he, what and this, 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 this isn't a joke. Like, this is a true yeah, story, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he went, yeah. And obviously, my mate was fuming. <laughs> yeah, he would be, right? I mean, I'll tell you about it later. But, um, <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And he just went, and that was it. And then this is this is true, right? Yeah. And then basically, it took him about three months to get another drummer. Oh. And by then, you kind of lost that You've heat. Lost that You've lost yeah, attraction. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, kind of yeah. it's kind of the moment's gone. Yeah, true. That's a true story. Oh, but I mean, geez. they went on like they toured with Alkaline Trio and yeah. Fumal for a Friend. They played with like rival schools. Use for glue. Check it out. Uh, fin- <laughs> Finch. Um, you know they were playing with these but they were doing some wicked stuff like I say oh, when I was in there we was playing like Astorias and LA2s and like uh, downstairs at the Astoria yeah, I like that Brixton yeah. and that but they went on and done some amazing stuff and like I say I, I, you know and then from there I think it just kind of after a while you you know like the singer guitarist like Wurzel he, he, he just carried on doing mm. bands and just playing you know what I mean yeah. but um, and he still does now he's a band's called This Boy's Fire. It's like a poppy, punky thing. Mm. But like, they do it. Because like I say, it's it's a way of life, ain't it? It's like, yeah, of course yeah, some it's people it's go fishing, some people go play golf or whatever, mm. go go over the football, mm. you know, and some people just like playing. They're not doing it because they want to, you know, because they think they're going to be headlining Wembley Stadium. Yeah. No. It's just because it's it's in you, ain't it? You yeah, know, it is, it's, yeah, it is, it's it a good release, it's creative process, good energy. Mm. Yeah, it is. But um, one of the things you said earlier, uh, Warren, about, I don't know if it was recording, but you said about some of the places we recorded. Yes, yeah, um, exactly. So I'll just quickly wish through. I mean, my uh, one of the first places we done was out in um, in a studio in Stoke Newington somewhere, mm. in like a basement. I can't remember. It was a bit of a like a small, privately little thing. Do you know what I mean, Cole? But when we started getting a bit more serious, we went to a studio that used to be in Bermondsey called um, River Studios. Mm. And uh, it was near, right, funny enough, near the Grange. My nan and granddad lived in Abbey Street, just off of Tower Bridge Road. Mm. So I knew it, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I didn't know that there was a studio there. So it was a bit, so every day we were recording, I'd go around my nan's yeah. for a cup of tea and a sandwich, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it was well funny. So <laughs> we recorded there, that was amazing. And I always was really interested in the, the process. Yeah. You know, like, obviously it's drummer. You're first in, ain't you? So yeah. you're the kind of first one to be done, really. Yeah. And then you can sort off and play FIFA or whatever, you know, Paul. But yeah. I used to stay. I used to love. I was really into the production and make you know capturing the take. Or I was re- always really interested in that process. Yeah. And then then we recorded. Um, where else did we record? Another studio we used was Conk mm-hmm. in Hornsey, which was Ray Davis. 
I don't know if he still owns it, but Ray Davis from the Kinks, his studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd done quite a lot of recording in there. That was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, was this, this is, this is uh, did you use tape or was it? Did, uh, yeah, this was it, tape. tape. Yeah, this, yeah, this was all, tape. Yeah. yeah, and this is all going yeah. on that. Do you know what and I mean? That, it was yeah, like, exactly. it was well funny. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we used to do quite a lot in there. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other. Oh, I'll tell you where we went as well, where we started doing Fortress Studios yeah, in Old Street. So, so that's one of the first places I got to use. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Sean, a guy called Sean used to have it in there. And I don't know about you, but when we recorded there, we we had, uh, it's not one of my early bands, you could you get a brand new tape you recorded on, yeah. or if you could record over a used tape, it was yeah. about 400 quid cheaper. Yeah. Just rewind <laughs> exactly. to the start and just overlap someone else. Yeah. And the weird thing is, though, when you're when you're tracking with your headphones on, you can sort yeah, of hear the track yeah. over yeah. under it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even though it's like that the heads are like, they're dubbed out, aren't they? Yeah. So like, but you can still hear this sort of weird hiss. Mm. So on the record recordings I've got somewhere, there's basically, at some points, there's like, in the silence between the tape, you can hear this the weird... Band's there's a, a ghost of someone else. <laughs> Just a certain else frequency in your cutting music. through. It's so fucking yeah, weird. You can yeah. hear the discount. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Advert. Yeah. The advert yeah. coming in. But Fortress was but, a good... But, it had an amazing setup in oh, there, Oh, it was wicked. So we... So much shit, like, buttons to just, tw- like, twiddle with, like, it's crazy. So we... Yeah, that was it. So yeah. basically, it was like, Fortress Conk, River, I don't think River's there anymore. I don't think Fortress is there. I think it's been developed. No, it hasn't. it's not there. I don't think it no. has. No, uh, but we, that's the last sort of place that I'd done like recording with the band. But like I say, with that process, I was always fascinated with it. Like, I just used to think it was really interesting. Mm. You know, some people can't wait to do their take to go and play FIFA. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, done. Who's, who wants to play? Do you know what I mean? Whereas I would sit in that room yeah. all day through everyone's thing you know what I mean oh I would go out and have an odd cup of tea and mm. whatever we, we, when we was at Conk it had a, a commercial kitchen and uh Jamie Oliver was in there recording with his band mm. and he showed my mate how to use the uh espresso machine <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it was like a novelty so it was like he was really cool actually yeah, sure, yeah. and um what it was he's back he was doing a thing I think it was called music to cook by or something Mm. Um, and it was just all of his favourite bands and that. And he was in this band. He was a drummer, pretty tidy drummer, I think. Yeah, it was all right. I see him play and, um, eight years and years ago. But yeah. Basically, I think he said, "Yeah, I'll do it, but I wouldn't mind getting one of my band's tracks on the compilation." Yeah. So I think the idea was, and they was like, "Oh, what one?" And he's like, "Oh, don't know. Uh, if we recalled a few, which, which <laughs> yeah. is, why not? Right? Yeah. Why not?" So it was like, yeah. I think they walked away about a dozen yeah, yeah. top-notch recordings. Do you know what I mean? But um, but he showed he showed me mate how to use the machine and I ain't lying to him man he was like he was on one every five minutes he must have done like 20 espressos in like you know what I mean I'm not good at maths but let's say a couple of hours yeah mate he was very nut on espresso and so like yeah. no run you tweak from South Park yeah he was proper tweaked out man it was really funny that but um yeah but that that was that was a bit of a mad little turnout but yeah but that was really they were the three places that we used mm. to do and like I say it was from that as well that I really got into the process mm. but once I left the band um, I then was still trying to help them out in bits and pieces but again because I was really into production and dance music and DJ yeah. and bits and pieces I basically um, thought about getting into uh, like production on laptops because yeah, it was becoming by now things are digital and it was really accessible yeah. you know it was mind-blowing and 
I can remember I, I went and bought one of the first titanium Apple Macs. Power books. Power book yeah. thing, like, and uh, it was mental. And I got that. And um, so, what did you use on it? What software was yeah, on it? Then? Yeah, which was so, like Logic. Yeah. But what was where I was really lucky is that a lot of my mates were drum and bass yeah. producers, and yeah. the quality of the the production and the engineering was yeah was on top point. notch. Yeah. yeah and uh, one of me good pals is uh, Ben Zinc. Yeah. And because um, he's with me cousin, like mm. Sarah. Yeah. And obviously she had, she was like she owns. Arthur Rince, didn't she, and yes, whatever, yes. and Rince FM, and then obviously because a lot of the producers and the, mm. the kind of culture that comes through that, I was really lucky in the fact that I had all these really amazing producers and engineers wrapped around me. So when I got it, Ben was like, right, come round. What I'm going to do, I mean, one of the nice, big up Zinc, uh, yeah. one of the uh, nicest people you'll ever meet, and very like happy to pass on knowledge yeah he like, I find, me. yeah, yeah I find some people will be like mm, mm, mm. yeah I've spent years doing this you know what I mean like, yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah. you whereas he's like yeah mate what you want to do get this plug in run it through that run it through one of these bang and it's saying your exactly. snare drummer sound like that and you're yeah. like oh my god yeah. do you know what I mean I mean like, something we've said on this podcast and we will get to it but it's like yeah. I remember opening Logic up on my laptop that I bought I bought a brand new MacBook Pro silver case yeah I bought the black laptop first I was like oh I don't want it got to spend a little bit more money ramped it up with RAM and that First person I bowled was you. Yeah, yeah, and I remember. I'm an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's dull, you know, isn't it? It's like an aeroplane cockpit or something. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? The first time, it's just like, you look at it and you're like, I have no fucking idea what to do. Yeah. Like, and you phone me doing the same thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's just like... It's, yeah, but what's cool is, though, is when but, you can help someone, I think. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, mate, especially if you know the answer. Yeah. And if you don't know the answer, like it's like, bear with me, man. Yeah, exactly. Let me ring someone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so back to Ben. Back to yeah, ben. so like Ben was like, right, come around. Pen, paper. And he was like, sat down and he showed me how to open an audio instrument. And he was like, right, listen, all you need is... Is it ESX or EXS? ESX24. Yeah, ESX24, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so he, he was like, all you need is an EXS24, don't worry about anything else. Mm. He went, recycle and peak. He said, at the minute, do you know what I mean? That's really, so what, he, what he'd done, he went through, because obviously like now you can splice up tunes in seconds, can't you? It does yeah. it for you. But back in the day, like this is kind of post samplers, where you, which is even longer process. Yeah, yeah Jesus. Like, this was like similar thing, but within the box, like within the computer. So um, what was kind of cool for me is, again, from playing the drums, was having an understanding of drums. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And dynamic yeah. and, and being in a band. So I understood dynamics, mm. I understood structure, you know. So Ben was like, right, if we, you know, I'll show you how to use this thing. So like you, you take a break, you'd put into recycle, mm. splice it up then map it to like a key on the keyboard so that mm. when it's playing in a loop, it would create that whole break. Yeah. But then you could mash it up a little bit. And then once you've done that, you know, you'd run it all through Peak, which was like a mastering software yeah, so sort of thing. It was like that. And it would basically normalize everything yeah. and make it as loud and as big and kind yeah. of as good as possible. So what happened was Ben showed me how to do like how to open audio, a MIDI instrument, mm. how to use the SS24 peak and recycle. And I wrote it all down. And um, from that, he then set up my laptop with his shortcuts. Yeah. 
yeah. because I could text him and go, here, mate, I can't remember. And he just put like, control shift seven. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like that. So I was yeah. so lucky to have someone exactly. who was that well respected and that yeah. good at what he does. I mean, I sat watching Ben work. Oh, like, he's like a machine. Countless times and just sitting there, just with, again, with Roger Cat, I'm just watching him. Him and Genius as well, like within that same studio, the one that was in the old temple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was, uh, and just watch, watching him just like, I was amazed at first how quick he worked, but then his, his own way of working, the shortcuts he had. Like, and, and like just, just the ability to sort of just throw shit at it, open and plug it up straight away, blah, 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 blah. And like, you, you realise when you get your second win with just doing it, yeah, it, like, like, like it's, it's just, I don't know, you get an excitement from being able to work that quickly. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's amazing you, to create again, something. You get your idea out immediately. Yeah. It's just like, it's unreal. But, but yeah. he, he, I mean, you know, the, the geezer's, class so mm. I was really lucky in that yeah. and then I've got like another pal of mine Shimon um, who was on Ram mm-hmm. he'd done a lot of st- stuff with Andy didn't he Shimon. Andy C, yeah. and uh, you know so I had a f- quite a lot of pals that were kind of like do you know how to do this and they'd be like yeah cool man mm. you know what I mean like Shimon's big up Shim he's a uh, he's ledge mm. you know another one insane engineer man his yeah. production skills are next he's yeah and uh, and a top geezer, and again would be one of them. Like, well, yeah, all you got to do, bruv, is put that through that, 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 and you're like, oh man, you know, it's not that e- it's easy for him because he's been grafting on it for yeah. like years. Yeah. But he could. Some people would be like, oh, you know, oh man, do I, I ain't got time for this, or yeah, of course. you know. But it was cool. So I was very lucky in that much, and then it just something I got really into. But mm. then, you know, what I think a lot of people do with music, especially bands that are starting out and songs. They've got no idea of they 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 hear it but they don't listen to it if mm. that makes any sense. Yeah. So like you know they'll kind of it'll be like if they were writing a song it'd be like mid late bridge chorus first mid late chorus chorus oh, first yeah. bridge you yeah. know what I mean the yeah, structure yeah, yeah. yeah, would yeah. be all over the place yeah, and yeah. I, but so. I, I think that comes from when you when you're working visually yeah people especially with doors and stuff when you're in a band you pick up a guitar and you sit in a room you can you act, you feel the emotion of it right yeah. so you know when to yeah. sort of stop yeah, and, yeah. and pull back but when you're working visually you tend to you can work by blocks yeah so if yeah. you're working by blocks it's like it, sometimes you can just go all in immediately and then where, there's nowhere to go yeah yeah you know right. and spatially like if you, yeah. you can feel all frequencies and we've, we've felt felt sort of felt at a few times I think yeah. in, in, when you start to write and yeah. and you develop tunes because you've got so much once you know how to open it all yeah yeah you want to use it all yeah you do yeah, but yeah, yeah. then you end up deleting about deleting. 80% yeah. and then you've got a tune yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's it isn't it it yeah. is a case of less yeah, yeah. is more isn't it yeah, you know yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, so th- that was really that was how I got yeah. into into that side of things and yeah. like I, I got right into the production and really sort of uh yeah, it was something. Yeah, it was something that about. I really loved, um, and I find it, and I still do really. But I've I've lost touch with it a lot. Really. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm some. You know, don't get me wrong. Spend a couple of hours back in Logic. I'll probably pick a lot of it mm. straight back up. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I've obviously still got I've still got studio, but yeah, I don't. So I'm about really to go to that it. now. Actually, so yeah. your your career then has gone from that. You start making tunes and everything. You know, learn. learn bundles of stuff from like really like amazing producers and, yeah. and, and engineers so then how does it go from there to then now you run you had your own studio around that time anyway right yeah, yeah. um do you know what i don't know if I, no i didn't no no that time i didn't right, no 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 
That was before. Like, that was before. So what are you using Logic for at that point? Doing your own stuff or recording other people's stuff? Or no, like, I was making drum and bass. Just and house music and electronic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And was you stuff. getting that out? Would you like Do you know what? It like, what? This is like, it was a point where I was doing it because at this point I'm laid up for months on crutches. Oh, of course, yeah, so I was sort of like, yeah. what I'd done, because it was a couple of years probably that I weren't mm. walking fully, do you know what I mean? Because... I'd have one leg done. By the time that be covered, after the other one done, it was like a bit of a thing. It was long, so I went back to college, um, just done some business call, just for something to do, you know. And whilst doing that, trying to educate myself in other things, and mm. like I say, for me, it was like where I weren't doing the mute the band. It was like still another way of ticking that box was yeah. to do yeah. something that I could just sit in a room with a set of headphones and a laptop. Yeah, you know. And, and do that sort be of stuff. Be creative. Yeah, and be creative. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you know what? Right? This is a, this is pretty funny. So my mate Peter Ross, he used to be in a band in the sixties, right? And uh, he's a ledge, Pete. And he basically like was banging the music. So every now and then, like he really helped our band a lot. Like um, when we uh, he was in a band called the Chords Five. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's that trick? Universal Vagrant, check it out. If you go on YouTube, yeah. called Five, Universal Vagrant, you'll hear, you'll hear uh, Pete's band, Pete and Rog. Big up Pete and Rog. And uh, anyway, right? So I used to pop around and see me mate. And when I got this laptop, obviously, my mate recorded his stuff in the 60s. Do you know what I mean? So I've gone around there and gone, I've got to show you this, man. Opened up this laptop, I've got a Moog. I've got a Fender Rhodes. Yeah. I've got <clears throat> compressors, EQs, reverbs. Like, you know, back in the day, what you would need a whole building for, mm. I've got on this titanium Apple Mac. And I opened it up and showed him. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> all right, Kaiser. <laughs> Kaiser. Just, the pooch has just come to join us. <laughs> go on in. Go on. Go and have yeah, a chill. Like, yeah, he's yeah, funny. Kaiser, go on. Get out. Get out. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> Good boy. He's lovely, he is. Um, so, I'm, yeah, so I'm around Pete's and I'm like, you know, what you would need a whole block building, like a big build. We've, I've got in this little computer and it was like, it just blew his mind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, oh my God. Like, and I've got this little, at the time I had this keyboard. It was, I can't remember it was made by, but it was called an Ozone. Did you have one? Uh, yeah, it's um, M-Audio. M-Audio, it? yeah, right. Yeah, so, a built-in built yeah, sort of sound so you can plug your speakers into it. the keys. That's right? it. So, yeah, but it had a sound card built yeah, in it, didn't it? Yeah, a sound card built in. So yeah. in my, I pull out this rucks. well, take this rucksack off around my mates. I'm like, check this out. Plugged in this like two and a half octave keyboard yeah, or whatever it, yeah. it was with a sand card built in it. And I'm sitting here and I'm locked down a beat like, because again, you know, I've got the drums. I've got a Steinway piano. Sample, do you know yeah. what I mean? And he's, and he's just looking at me like with his jaw on the floor going, mate, this is freaking me out. Yeah. Like, this is mind-blowing. And anyway, we, we always used to talk about music and that. He was actually my mate's uh, dad, but he was banging the music. We was always talking about music. And when I was in the band, he was one of the people that come down, like Pete and my mate Roger uh, Stoughton, and they were, they were in the band in the 60s, and they taught us about dynamics and structure mm-hmm. and, you know, not playing everything blare, like blaring, you know. When you're in a band, and if there's five of you, you'll think all five of you got to play all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, whoa, hold up. 
you know, in a verse. Yeah. Again, I always use this because it's one of the best things I think to let people understand is Nirvana. Yeah. Three piece, mm. huge sound, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the verses, yeah. <laughs> in the verses, you've got drums and bass. Nothing else. Yeah, drum, yeah. bass, vocal. Yeah. No, nah, you ain't. No, you have. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, sure. nah, you ain't. It's just drums and bass. Do you know what I mean? And then, it's sort of like then in the in the bridge steps up a little bit, then yeah. it a little bit of guitar. By the time the chorus, it, the chorus, yeah, and then the chorus is huge because mm. people kind of think, oh look, we've all got to play all of the time, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, stop. Let's strip it back a bit, and then yeah. all of a sudden, so them guys taught us about dynamics, and like I say, structure dynamics and that sort of thing. Really, and again, being we was lucky with the band part of it that that kind of fast tracked us. That knowledge, that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, whoa, what a touch. Like we yeah. learned that very early on. It's like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. So that's why we had really big choruses and, you know. Um, so I showed him that. So anyway, we were chatting away and we were talking about this idea of almost like, and that sounds a bit crazy, like of getting like a little community hall or something. I don't know. Um, and the idea was like, Pete played guitar, but you don't want to be in a band. Do you know what I mean? But he loves guitar and he wouldn't mind having a jam. And we was thinking about this thing where we was going to try and build a little co local community what weekly guitar club or... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it was a bit like, yeah, you can just come down, we can chew the fat, have a coffee, talk about music, have a little jam, play some... Oh, yeah, have you seen it? You know, you know what people like with guitars, yeah, man? Yeah, like, yeah. it's... Yeah. They call it gas, don't they? Guitar acquisition syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> like, people are guitar mad, don't yeah, they? Yeah, you know, yeah. people are riding them from... I know people that literally store guitars. I've got... Three in an attic space that I can't get out because I don't show my missus. <laughs> you know just recorded that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, do you know what I mean? And anyone that's into this is like, so basically, right? Um, we had this idea of like creating this little guitar, like in a way, like a bit of a guitar club. Not that we all sit there and look at guitars, but it was more of a you can get to, like a jam night. Yeah. You know, almost, but without a band, just mm. sort of sitting there, and it might have been four or five people just having a little little play and you go oh wicked man uh anyway from that i kind of took it a bit further <laughs> and it, that was the, the catalyst and then i just thought you know what a lot of rehearsal studios are not great mm. um and i thought i wouldn't mind opening a studio that was pretty great yeah. you know like i'm not saying it's the best studio in the world but what i mean is equipment that works you ain't got to have a tetanus to go to the toilet. Yeah. You know. Oh, mate. Yeah. You oh, ain't got to have... been some shady. Yeah, do you know what I mean? that gaff on... Uh, was it Denmark? Don't say it. Don't say no, it. No, no, it's been knocked down. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, that one. Tetanus, <laughs> tetanus job. You know yeah. what I mean? Malaria yeah, yeah. tablets to just go <laughs> in the rehearsal room. Yeah. And I just... You're basically, street, all of these yeah, things yeah, that I used to want, like, I used to think, well, if I was in the... If I owned this place, man, I'd put dimmers in here. Yeah, I'd make sure the gear worked. I'd mm. make sure that the ashtray was empty mm. and it weren't full yeah. of beer glasses. And do you know and what I mean? Microphone, yeah, yeah, yeah. smell of bile, of death. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, oh, and um, bad breath and fags. So basically, like I kind of just got this bit of an idea of about maybe I'll open my own studio because yeah. I knew a lot of bands and stuff. So I didn't have any money, like not a penny, and I literally shopped around. It's a bit of a mad story. Looked, got a list of places I was looking and sort of crunching some numbers and uh, I eventually had this list and this one premises which was in Raynham uh, again Raynham Essex that I 
was on last on my list. And the reason it was last on my list because it was nearest to my home. So because I knew that I'd be near rush hour at that point, yeah. so it would take wouldn't take me so long to get home. Although it comes under Essex, it's a London borough, A13. You know, you're yeah. in East in seconds. It's like it's it gets a bit congested. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and I thought I'd do that. And then this is a true story. I went to pull up on the front of this building, and somebody had dumped a base cab <laughs> on the front car park. Now there was nothing to do with music around here. So this, it's not. This is not a studio no. at this point. It's just a warehouse or something. Or yeah, it's. Um, they were building. Um, they were doing sprinkler systems, making oh, right. sprinkler systems. How weird is that? Like, and somebody it, by this point it was evacu- evacuated. It was empty. Yeah. And it was. Um, it was just an empty warehouse. But somebody was just really sure. And honestly, I had to slam the brakes on. Um, I was driving with Mrs. Little Motor. I had to slam the brakes on to not crash into it. And I was like, it was like, it's a sign. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. Base cab on a fork. Yeah, it was yeah, well random, right? And I looked at it and I thought, this building looks pretty cool. Anyway, picked my missus up from the station. And uh, at this point, I weren't working again because of my legs and stuff. Just because of I was recovering from operations yeah. and I was waiting to go in for another one. It was yeah. like continuous. Anyway, so... Um, I picked this up, drove down and I looked at it and I said, you've got to see this building, it looks mad. So we had a look and I said, I said look, it's pretty mad, old building, like 60s look. Mm. So it's quite decadent sort of thing. And I was like, I said, it reminds me of like a David Ockney painting, mm. like the, the the shape of it, do yeah. you know what I mean? And my missus went, yeah, you could paint it all white. And I went, yeah, call it the white room. It was th- it was that quick. Yeah, it was, yeah. why is so, it David Ockney yeah. painting? Yeah, you could paint it white. Yeah, I'd call it the white room. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. And that was, and it was that, <laughs> it was that was it. It was like White Room Studios. Plus, I love the cream tune. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So from there, it was then all hands on deck. Kind of uh, madly, my mum and dad literally put forty grand on their mortgage and lent me. I mean, what, how, how many people would do that? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. On the ba- on a startup, yeah, you know, yeah. I ended up getting the premises. I had to go through the council, get the change of use. It was quite a long process. Um, and then it ended up, I can't remember how much, it cost me quite a few quid to build because uh, I've completely refurbished it because it was like rewired. It was so, it was almost dangerous. You know I mean, it was archaic in there. Mm-hmm. And um, so got the change of use approved, put in an offer, got it. Uh, my mum and dad lent me 40 bags on a mortgage. Um, my uncle Kevin, uh, I was waiting for a loan to come through. He lent me 20 bags. Cheers, Kev. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, so. And uh, I'm all my family are well supportive, but like yeah. this is at this time. And then I literally sold everything, including my 1210s, oh. which was really, really painful. Yeah. So I didn't have a penny, do you know what I mean? I was like, mate, I've got to sort of like oh. raise some stickies. So that was that. And then I ended up selling everything and built this studio and I'd done it in eight weeks. Mm from scratch and it was like everyone's like you're never going to get it and I was like no I will and it was literally from the whole thing Mm. and um, it was a bit of like build it and they will come it was like that and there was a field opposite it's called the field of dreams (laughs) and and that was it man I built it and it was just like everything that I wanted like it was all acoustically treated it was spotless everything worked Mm. do you know what I mean it was like really it was just wicked and it just turned into this amazing 
creative space. Yeah. You had a and, great room there that was like a, the production room that was that hard wired into the, the yeah, first, that's the what first I'm rehearsal saying, yeah. room. So I had four rehearsal so rooms and then I had the, my recording room, like mm. the studio like control room, if you like, with, you know, I had a big window and everything. I was well flashed. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? It was like that and it was like, it was cool and then all of a sudden it was just, it was amazing the amount of incredible people I'm not just trying to be far out man you know it genuinely was like you're just meeting all these top lovely people that are really creative and mm. have got a similar sort of you know outlook on things and it was just mad and this whole community of people and one of the things that I always do at my you know at the studio is if a new band comes in or if there are bands in that don't know each other I always go oh Warren, have you met Lee? Yeah. Mm. Oh, right, cool, Lee. Said, no, no, cool. Hello, mate, all right? And then I make sure that everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Because it then becomes, you know, it's not that sort of thing. Yeah. And if someone breaks a string, yeah, you all right, mate, next, Lee, but he ain't got a lot of me up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, that yeah, vibe, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it becomes kind of like a bit of a community vibe, you know? Yeah. And um, is that Kaiser again? He's coming. Well, he's mental, isn't he? Look. Oh, no. Oh, God. Hip, hip. Around here. Around here. Oh, God. Coming in. Pip. Look, she's mental. Pip. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. Shut up. Shut up. Hello. Hi, dogs. Oh, blimey. I wasn't expecting that. What's that? Okay, so yeah, so basically that was it. I just borrowed dough and built a studio and hoped that people turned up. Basically, mm. do you know what I mean? It was like, blimey, this is. It was a bit of a. But you know when you've, I've just done it and I just never for one moment thought this isn't gonna work. And I don't know whether that's just sheer stupidity or whether I was so positive and had. And, <laughs> coffee machines making all sorts of we're getting, noises. We're getting attacked by dogs. Yeah. Coffee machines. Um, yeah, I don't know whether it's stupidity or whether it was just purely I had a vision and I had such a strong belief in what I was doing and I could see the end goal. And I just felt that there was a... What I wanted to create was a creative hub, like-minded people, um, which could then network, you know, and where it was not just a rehearsal space, it was kind of like quite a social like it weren't a, it weren't like a, a pub do you know what I mean but it was kind of everyone like I say what I really like is to make sure everyone knows each other mm-hmm. it's really friendly it was clean it was spotless mm. all the gear was brand new really nice and I kind of used to, you know like I weren't one of them if they booked a room 7-Eleven where you know at, at five to seven I'd let them in yeah if someone bought a new bit of kit and went Mark I bought a new pedal can I get in at four we're in tonight um, and set it up and just try out some settings and preset. I'd be like, yeah, of course. Hmm. I wouldn't charge them any more dough. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It'd just be like, yeah, cool, man, calm down. Do you know what I mean? It was it's, it's it's very encouraging, like, encouraging people to be creative. Yeah, right? yeah, badly. And, and, you know. and to start something. Yeah. And that's all, that's, yeah. but that's from you. It's the reason you did it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you so, go from somewhere to twiddle guitars, like the idea of some, a place for someone to twiddle guitars to full-on rehearsal spaces where you've yeah. borrowed and begged, begged, stole money. Yeah. Stole. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Easy. I mean, Easy. yeah, we see. Yeah. Where, <laughs> no, you've no. Got, where you've borrowed, yeah. though, to, to done it off your own back yeah. in hope that people would uh, turn around and do it. Yeah. And the thing is about the music community, when it's positive, yeah. when they've got ideas and creativity, 
people get um, they get excited by it, right? And they they, they bounce off each other in a really good yeah, way. Yeah, Collaboration yeah, is, yeah. is is the is the way music goes forward, right? So, you <coughs> me. Yeah, but what what what's cool as well is is where a lot of the bands got to know each other, mm. and like some pretty good friendships were like formed. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. th- this is quite an unusual thing. I I believe I don't know, but if a band was pl- like I'm talking more on the original front, like you know the cover bands, great, you know. Mm. But in regards to the original stuff, if a band was playing, the other bands, regardless of whether it was really their scene or genre, would go and support them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, like it was it was, wick, it was wicked. Like we're playing down there. Think, oh yeah, cool man. When's that? Oh, right. I can't work. I'm working late at night. Or yeah. blah blah. But yeah, definitely we'll come. And it was it was really uh, it's really good when you would see uh, some when you would see people coming down and like all supporting each other. I don't know. Just I just found it a bit like you know the world can be pretty rubbish at times, can't it? And now and then you see this thing going on, you think, oh, this is there is some good stuff that yeah, can happen. Yeah. Now and then. Yeah, it's quality. <laughs> so, um, so when you're, you kick out your studio yeah. with a live room and um, the, sort of like the recording room, like, yeah, and and, and the, the production sort of suite you put in there. What did you choose to put in there? Well, at the time, um, again, fortunate enough to have a lot of friends hmm. who are producers and you know engineers and whatnot, and I kind of monitors done loads of research, hmm. so I ended up getting the I've got these BM6A Dyn Audio active uh, monitors that were wicked everyone was kind of going you know they're really good all-rounders mm. got them got self uh some people some people slate them like i know like i got self set of ns10s everyone use them they're kind of good for reference mm. aren't they do you yeah. know what i mean like so if you can get a decent mix from a set of ns10s mm. kind of yeah. you're in and around where you need to be i think yeah well I, as, I, as a, as I a, do exactly the same i've got shitty little speakers and then yeah. i've got a little grot box yeah man uh, it's just a mono thing yeah that's it's it just, all it plays is your mids so you that's can hear it. that but you if you can get a decent mix on some uh, iPhone headphones yeah. and some shitty speakers, that's what, that's what most, people, most listen, people are listening to. Most people to. listen yeah. to stuff on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know. They're not listening for yeah. So that was it. That's what, exactly what I had. So I had, like, I had, um, like I say, BM6As, uh, but the Mark 1s. And then at the time, like I, I went and got um, a Mackie 32, uh, 32.8 bus, mm. uh, Mackie desk, meter bridge, bought one second hand. Mm. It used to belong to like... Uh, the geezer from Jesus and Mary chain. Right, oh, amazing. And, yeah, mental. That is and, true. And uh, yeah, so I've got that. And um, I think there's something like, I think there's been more hit records made using a 32-8 bus Mackie desk than anything else. Really? Apparently, some <laughs> crazy fact. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like, whether that's true or not, but that's coming from some pretty yeah. successful people that have said yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then, because obviously I was recording bands you know I've got, I've got to have the facility to record bands and solo artists or whatever so you know um i had a fireface um it was like a rme fireface i think it was an 800 mm. like sound card which give you eight in and outs yeah um i had an i think it was a i think it was an octopri i think it was a focus right octopri or something i can't remember now mm-hmm. and that was like a f- eight give you eight in and out so basically you had 16 so you could wax if you wanted to do a live sesh you know, you could do eight on the drum, say. Yeah. You know, and then I just went out and bought some mics that were kind of cool. Like, nothing amazing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Couple of Rode NT5s, NT2s. Uh-huh. Um, I got, like, Beta 52 for the bass. You know, like you can go on and on and on, can't you? Do you know what I mean with mm. a lot of this stuff? But 
it was all kind of cool stuff. And then some 57s and like sure SM57s, but all my rooms have got SM58s anyway, mm-hmm. like rehearsal, like in the yeah. rehearsal rooms. But so I had loads of mics. And now I had this really nice, I've still got it actually, uh, it's a Gemini, um, SE Electronics Gemini Valve yeah. mic, which was pretty cool. Um, so, but the thing is, depending on what bands are recording, um, what engineer I'd use some of them have their go-to bits anyway do you know what I mean yeah, like the uh, what is it the AKGs isn't it like yeah, the, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. it the five one what are they mm-hmm. I can't think what they're called now but like everyone's got their own little go-to bits yeah, of yeah. kit and whatever but yeah really I didn't I, I'd like um, well I've got a TLA compressor I can't think, think what it's called but to be honest with you what I'd done I only bought kind of the basic bits and then it was enough for anyone to record something but then if you had someone specific coming in that would want to just plug that in it was easy to do do you know what i mean yeah. whether it was just to add a little bit of kit or whatever but because so much stuff now i mean i'm more demo pre-production y sort of vibe do you know what i mean i know yeah. you can record you can record albums on that stuff mm. you know, yeah, if you wanted to. yeah but you know for me it was about coming in bands coming in in the day and cracking a couple of demos out and then walking away and using yeah. it to go and book some gigs mm. you know so it was nothing too insane it was all like do I say logic then mm. you get some obviously you get all the usual plugins and whatnot but yeah it was just I just I wanted to make it kind of so that if you wanted to you could just bring your I had a G5 tower mm. but I, the way I had it set up is that you just come in you plug your if you want your lap say you were doing something mm. you just plug your laptop and you're straight plugged into my system yeah you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it was just, I wanted to make it as user friendly as possible. Mm. So that if someone else, you know, wanted to use it or they could just come in, plug, and then you just plug straight in, like, you know. So, yeah, that was it, really. Like I say, it was just a little, little, uh, thingy box, what they called. No, like the, oh, blimey, the stage box. Yeah. And that was it. So, you know, just a few returns on the headphone mixes, mm. loads of mics, and away you go. It's all mm. you need, really. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, setting up, so that was on another one of our episodes. We spoke to Plastician um, as a producer, and the fact that he, he's, he's used a fruity, fruity Loop setup, yeah, uh, FL Studio setup um, for his entire career. Mm. A yeah. lot of which has been in the box, yeah, presets, you know, like and and the sort of the, the fact of the matter is, you can have the the setup you had in that studio that people come and use a demo. Obviously, the the the, the, the the benefit of that situation is the fact you've got a massive live room to be able to record a lot yeah, of yeah, loud yeah, sound yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do in your bedroom, right? Yeah, yeah. But essentially, the same bass kit, aside from the Mackie desk, don't get me wrong, you could still have that in your bedroom if you Yeah, but if to you be honest with you, do you know what I mean? It'd it's, become redundant. Yeah, it'd, beca- it it'd become a big volume knob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah do you know what does, I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't even own a desk now. No. no. Like, I, I tell you what I did do. After, after that desk, I got an Allen and Eve, I think it was called like a 16R, or something so it was like so I got rid of the Fireface I got rid of the uh, um, Octopri and I basically and again this was to make it even more mm. usable yeah. for everybody mm. so it was kind of the where the sound all you did was download the drivers mm. and you're good to go with whatever laptop you brought in or whatever you wanted to use you mm. know just link up to the screens and away you go mm. like one there's a um, really talented uh lad comes here jack goes under the name uh clacy jones who he does a lot of stuff with plastician yes and um like he's super talented you know but he just brings his laptop plugs in and he's just in you know he does quite a lot of work down here and mm. you know it's, it's really easy mm. you know it's just a nice little sitch 
So, uh, so the, the, having the ability to have that, those spaces that you've you know created, um, what bands then, and sort of how, and then so your, your, where did your input come in to the bands you've worked with in terms of artist development? Because I'm aware of like you worked with the Bank of States of Emotion, that yeah, was signed, yeah, to Rinse, amazing, um, and uh, and various other bands that I'm aware of that you work with. But um, what was your input as a result of your 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 um, experience in song structure, being a writer? A yeah. DJ, as we've discussed, you know, as we've spoken about, and your understanding of production. Yeah. So, like, how has that then led you to to go forward in your career even further yeah. to help other people, even surpassing the fact that you've built a space for them to come in? Anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, I tell you what, it was like. Obviously, from doing them things, it was. I had an understanding of again structure, mm. dynamics. Getting back to that Nirvana thing earlier, mm. you know, like I can remember hearing States of Emotion the first time they rehearsed, and I was like. Mate, this band have got something. Do you know what I mean? They were super talented, all like young. They, they started when they were like 14 or something. Do you know what I mean? Really young. And um, they'd kind of, by the time they had 17, they'd pretty much done it all. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It was kind of, of mad yeah. what most people hadn't done. And um, I can remember them going like, what do you think? I was like, yeah, sounds amazing. But, you know, your, your intro's like three and a half minutes long. Mm. I was falling asleep. The, uh, the chorus is actually... The, the middle eight and the middle eight's the chorus really yeah I think like that's a banging middle eight it's like amazing mm. should be the chorus you know the chorus is really really good but you know and I was like look do us a favour so I was like you know one of the guitarists I'm like right you don't play until the chorus the other guitarist I'm like you come in on the bridge do you know what I mean it was like yeah. and all of a sudden nagged it around a bit cut mm. the intro down you know um added some dynamics and because they were so competent players it was really easy for them to just go bang yeah cool no worries mm. and they weren't precious about it and all of a sudden this tune's like wow that chorus sounds amazing yeah you know and then it, uh, again because a lot of bands are giving it 10 you know in the verse and bridge when it comes to the chorus where it should be 10 maybe not always but you know um, they had nowhere to go. There was no headspace, so yeah. it was more. It's more about kind of fast tracking bands into a little bit of knowledge about structure and dynamics. And I think I kind of like doing that when mm. you go in mm. a room and you go, "Do us a favour, don't play until the chorus." You don't, you know. And all of a sudden, when the chorus drops, it's huge. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like whoa, you know. And it's about adding textures mm. and you know, second verse, add a little something. You know, this isn't this isn't the law. There are no rules, mm -hmm. but it, with a couple of little moves, you can make something kind of go from okay to sounding really good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? By some really subtle things. But I'll only get involved as much as a band will ask. If they say, would you come in and have a listen? I'll be like, cool. Mm. Like, do you want me to kind of critique it or do you want me to just have a listen? Because yeah, if yeah. you want me to just have a listen, I ain't going to say anything. If you want me to say anything, and some people are really weird. Some people get aggy. You know, it's what we, you know. Wanna, I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you want to play, yeah. you know, if you want to do some the pyramid song before you've written creep, fill your boots. Yeah. But I can't see it happening. <clears throat> mm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you've got to go through certain things to get to that place where you can actually be do what you want. Yeah. You know, if you do what you like anyway, but commercially, yeah. you know what I mean? You've got to write creep. I think before I you think can what's go beneficial, to what's beneficial to sort of writing and and, and being a producer on and, and understanding arrangement and structure is actually going through that stage of critique, but actually becoming 
happy enough to accept what people say and not being not being afraid to show people. Like, yeah. like most of my music creation, mm. right? Ever since knowing you, I'm pretty sure I've showed you loads of steps of my music since make it since I made that call to you asking me where asking you how to load a plugin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've sat down various times and you sort of gone, no, maybe like try this and try that. Yeah. And every time you've done that, I haven't ever gone, well, fucking hell, Mark. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you're taking a piss. I spent yeah. hours on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, mate, cool. I understand. That's it, yeah. But but it, it, it's subjective, it's, isn't it? But yeah. it, it is also a little bit of naivety as well. And it's because once you you feel that you you're accomplished. Yeah, like like initially, I mean, like the, your initial reaction yeah, yeah. is because you're you're you're, pri- you're proud mm. you're proud of what you've made and yeah, what you're doing. It can be a bit it can be a bit horrible. It's your baby, ain't it? Yeah, and exactly. someone's coming along and going, your kids exactly. were ugly. Yeah, and it's like oh that. <laughs> what? But if you yeah. brush its hair over a little bit and yeah, yeah, wipe yeah. the snot from its nose, yeah, it looks tiny. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. It's it's a bit yeah. like that, and yeah. people do get really really yeah. really precious about they it. They do, which they is do. which is all right. But you know, but sorry, no, I'm just saying. I think that. What's good, like say with music, there are no rules. No, and, and I kind of always say to people, look, what do you want to do? Would you love to like sell out Wembley Stadium? Yeah. Because if you do, there there are some rules, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You have got to do a radio edit. Mm. You know. Yeah. Like do yeah. do an album, and you know whatever, or yeah. do these songs, but why not put that as an album version? Yes. Do you know what I mean? That it goes on for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. But really. I mean, I know like things have changed now, and it's a lot about Spotify as opposed to Radio One. But it's it's you've still got a, you know people's attention spans are not great, are they? You no. know, and what they're into and what they listen to, and I, I mean, it does take away some of the kind of um, creative. Do you know what I mean? Parts and elements and the magic yeah. of some of it. When stuff becomes formulaic, and you can always tell. Like it's it's interesting when you start making music visually yeah. using a door. When I listen to like the standard pop, and I love pop music, man, yeah, hundred like, percent. I've I've loved hardcore punk metal, yeah, yeah, like, strange acid weird techno music. Like, I've, I've gone into loads and loads and loads of like really obsessive bits about all of it. However, with certain pop music now, yeah. I can you can hear well, once you hear it, so I can visualize how they've made it. They're yeah, through the blocks because yeah, but it, it's become so formulaic and not yeah. not even to suggest because he's an amazing producer but Calvin Harris production yeah. I can hear Calvin Harris production immediately mm. uh, underneath various other artists and I am geeky about it and I, I like a lot of his shit as mm. well but some of like the, the, the formula is, is as such where it's now been copied and copied and copied with just slightly slightly little little changes Tweaks, yeah. and it's made it a bit strange because electronic music now has to be more subversive but but that can just come in little tweaks in production. Yeah, tiny and, and, little and things. Just tiny little things yeah. because we know that formula works, and yeah. everyone else knows that formula works. So, so so does it mean does it does it mean you're wrong to approach it in that manner? No. Does it not mean really. you're right? No. It, yeah. it does, it, it, I think it, the only thing you've got to do is when you're listening to it, when you're getting bored, yeah. change it. Especially yes, in electronic exactly. music because you're not exactly verse, chorus, verse, midnight. Nah. Yeah. It doesn't really work like that. But yeah. but basically, you've got to. If you're getting bored at any point, you've just got to change, do it something else. Switch it up. Switch it up. Well, you then, normally find that with like percussion and you might have like a straight eye at, and then it might be a shaker and then, yeah, yeah. It, do you know what I mean? And it might be different textures brought in and out through, uh, it was mad. I can remember my, one of my pals and, uh, oh, bless him. Uh, he passed away, unfortunately, a few years back. And, but he, um, wicked DJ, drum and bass mad. And he was making D&B and he was like, um, we was chatting away. It was well funny, and I was and and I, can't think, I think it was Ben actually. I played him. I give him some tunes, and Ben would say like, give him some feedback, and he said, 
Like, why, why, why does he put the bass in the intro? And I was like, I don't know. He said, have a listen. So I went, I was around with mates and like, he knew Ben. And he went, uh, he said, I said, here, oh, so I went, there comes. I said, I've just, only because he pointed it out. Ben yeah. point, I've never, would never, ever, I would have realised. Mm. He was like, what? I said, how comes you playing a drop in the bass here? Like before the drop. Yeah. And he was like, oh, people don't do that. And I, I went, no, they don't. Mm. So there he was, bang, bang, went through, pulled out like a moving fusion tune, big up Sparridge. And uh, he, he would like put on a moving, and like, well, hang on me, I'm going to get a Dillinger tune. And it'd be like, oh, so focus, a zinc. And not no tune, yeah. not one, one minute, had the bass <laughs> yeah. come in. You know what I mean? You had yeah, the yeah, intro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're talking about, Ulf was an, I'm serious, he was an amazing DJ. He would, it was like, I don't know how long he'd been making drum and bass for. All of a sudden, his tunes, all we had to do was going on with his old tunes and just wipe just <laughs> the bass the before the drop. Yeah, and yeah. It was, all yeah. of a sudden they were going off. Yeah. And it was like, he was going, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's that silly little subtle thing that you go, mm. never ever would have known or realised. Yeah. Some people some people might go, you mad? Like, yeah. of course you would. Yeah. But you just didn't. You yeah, know, yeah. sometimes you're so close to it that you don't appreciate or don't understand it. It's interesting that like, even in a live band situation that me same. and Lee and I have been in, it is basically the same. same. Because yeah. as soon as that drop, you need that drop to impact. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's also it's also the ability to sort of pull back just before a change as yeah, well. Yeah, that's it. Just, just so, for so, something. So, so that transition. Like on, on our recent record, like again, it's we've got a great relationship in the back, the fact that we can both do something and both look at each other and go, no, it's shit, crack on. Yeah. Mm. And we and we do we've done that over two records now. Yeah, cool. And it's like I've started doing that on my own even. You, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll do something, I'll go away, sleep on it, come back, and go, nah, nah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And keep the bit that I like to do like. Yeah. But like the elements of like how we work, it's like I because I obsessed over electronic music, especially sort of post knocking about with like temper records and yeah, like the yeah, dubstep. Yeah. When, yeah. It was, when it was dubstep scene when it was like smashing it yeah, and seeing yeah. these producers. It was always that one minute thing of like I'm in a rave and like, I want it to drop. Yeah. I want it I want yeah, to go yeah, mental on. Yeah, yeah. on Friday night, like proper have it after I've been in a shit job all week. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? It's like and when you're making tunes, it's really easy to get excited immediately, isn't it? You found this amazing bass sound, and yeah. you just tweaked it, and it's exactly what you wanted, so I want to hear it fucking now. Now, yeah, now. yeah. Just, but the patience is where it, the art is. Yeah, but it's, that's it's, that's where that's where yeah. you get the impact, Thanks, ain't it? man. It's you know, bang, sit tight. Straight up. It's the anticipation exactly. and, the, yeah, yeah. and the build up, yeah. knowing that that's coming, yeah, yeah. and then it goes, like, you know. Yeah. So you sort of answered this, really, but, like, I mean, it's sort of what, what do people need to know to break through? And I suppose you've, you've essentially covered, like, the ability to compose appropriately, right? I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, we've... I mean, I, what do I know? You know, it's kind of like... No, know, everything's it, subjective it and whatever, but, you know, I, I believe that if... If you're into a certain genre of music, listen to the people that you... Who are probably the best at that mm-hmm. or like I say to bands about say like for example we're talking about band thing here but like bands will be in it and I'll go like no no this is how it is the structure and I'll go right I said I'll tell you what your next years of rehearsals are free if you can find me a single I'm not on about an album track from or an obscure b-side a single that's been commercially released with the structure you just played me mm. You the next you can have a year's worth of free rehearsals. No one has nah, come back with that. Mm. 
and it ain't until you kind of drop that on them and they think what and like I say it's that thing of of, of you hear it but you're not listening yeah. mm. you know so I think that if you're into a certain genre like if you was making house music or whatever go and listen to whoever it is that's smashing it mm. and just listen to the structure mm. you know get the record listen how many bars is the intro mm. when does it change mm. like when did the bass come in mm. do you know what I mean like mm. I'm not saying go and Mac off somebody's tune. No. This isn't about the thing, you know. You've still got to be come up with the creative ideas and the melodies and the top lines and all mm. the rest of it. But you know, just just kind of have a listen and get an understanding of what it is they've done, mm. you know, mm. and kind of not not rip it off, but try and replicate that yeah. song, mm. but in your own way. Like I say, whether it be a, you know, whether it be a dance tune drum and bass, folk, music, you know, do you know what I mean? It just, but just yeah. pick out someone who's smashed it on a, like I say, on a commercial, if you're looking to try and hopefully break world. through into a, make a living out of it, you know, mm. you know, let's have it right. You, you want to end up playing festivals, you know, yeah. you want to headline Glastonbury, yeah, right? So why, you don't have to go back to that job on Monday. That you've no. Done. Yeah. So why not, you know, you've got to look at who's doing you know who's doing that and who's doing it the best and go what can I learn yeah. from from that you know and I think what people need to really focus on is structure and dynamics and great melody and you know all that sort of thing whether, regardless of whatever genre it is and so does that does that prick up your ears then when so something you know you've been you know for another sort of facet in your career has been to provide talent to a show yeah uh, 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 recently and, yeah yeah and yeah and that's that's what grabbed you yeah i mean like what i like i say what i've got here is is a, a four rehearsal rooms mm. um a control room like recording studio i've got a big sort of dance room which is also a big live room you know um when i say dance it's i get quite a few performing arts and different bits down here you know it's pa'd mm. out lights and all that but so obviously, when you've got that sort of facility, people kind of ring you up, whether they're just looking for studios mm. and trying to get you to do their donkey work. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. have you got anyone? You've got a studio, we're auditioning for The Voice or X Factor or whatever it might be. And I'd be like, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Don't know if anyone will want to do it though. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like a few years back, um, they contacted me and was like, cool, have you got anyone? I said, yeah, I've got a few people. And I heard this girl, um, a friend of mine, Shana, who's a singing coach, she's wicked. Um, she sent me a thing, like a little video of this girl that she teaches. And she's like, mate, her voice is incredible. Like she, you know, as a singing teacher, you hear a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of singers, do you know what I mean? Because she taught in the schools as well. Mm -hmm. And she was like, this girl's tone is amazing. And she sent me a thing and I said, like, I checked it out. I was like, yeah, as it happens, that's, pretty special considering it was just filmed on a phone and um anyway so i said listen do you think she'd be interested in doing the voice because they've rung me up you know um i mean regardless of what anyone says people can launch or can use it as a as a springboard mm. to kind of yeah. get up your socials raise yeah. your profile yeah. um you know and um so anyway i said could you, you know, have a word with her mum or whatever? At the time, I think she was 17. And so I spoke to her mum. She's, oh, you know, I said, I think she's got an incredible voice, blah, blah, blah. You know, do you think it's something that she'd be interested in doing? Um, and the, the girl happened to be uh, 
a young lady called Ruti. And um, so eventually she was like, oh, I've never seen the program. I've never seen it. Um, I don't really know if it's something I'd want to do. Mm. Anyway, and after a while I said, well, look, this is my thoughts process on it is that it may give you some profile. It may lead onto something. You know, it might give you some exposure. Um, anyway, as luck has it, you know, she, well, you know, she did go on the show. She said, yeah, okay, cool. I'll do it. And Tom Jones turned around, blind audition, and she ended up winning it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of give her an opportunity to, you know, grow as an artist, mm-hmm. um, hone her craft. She met a lot of people. I've put an amazing band together for her. Um, and she's since gone on to release an EP and she's she's got, hopefully, you know, a, a, a potentially an amazing future. Mm. I mean, you know, it, it, with with a lot of stuff, I mean, I don't know whether sometimes people see, um, especially within music, now, a couple of ways of looking at this. If someone said to you, oh, look, do you want to, do you want to do scaffolding mm. and pull your pipe out for, I don't know, 50 bags a year or whatever, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And mm. it's like, cool. Oh, what makes you do that? And it's brilliant. And they earn good living and, you know, they're fit as a butcher's dog. Mm, yeah, of course. And they love it. You know, they love it. But what I'm saying is, if, you're, if you've got that creative thing and that energy and you can basically say, if someone said to you, right, you're going to earn this much a year, you can either earn it doing a job you hate or you can earn the same money. Mm. It's not going to be millions or it's not going to be like obscene dough, but it's enough for you to, you know, basically the same as what you would be doing otherwise, mm. but it's something you love doing, mm. then really that's kind of like, you, as far as I'm concerned, you've cracked it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm, and I don't, yeah, this I isn't about, you know, especially now with sort of social media and the way everything is and everyone's Lambo and, you know, mm. taking selfies and they've been doing sit-ups for days. And do you know what I mean? It's just this <laughs> yeah. fake, yeah. non-real <laughs> life, you know? Mm. And I think that, you know, people were going for this, million or billionaire lifestyle when really like don't get me wrong I'm sure it has its benefits but it's kind of it's about getting a balance and yeah. I think if you can live a happy sort of life and consider how much time you spend at work you know doing something that you actually enjoy mm. then I think you've pretty much cracked it and if the money you know does come it can only sort of maybe help enhance that or maybe mm. you're in a position to help others. But mm. I just see it as a, you know, with 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 music, I think it's not about... I mean, if you can headline Glassman, amazing. But regardless of that, you know, if you can earn a living doing something that you love, yeah, um, then I think that's, that's got to be amazing, right? Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of the time, especially if you're an artist, or, or you can take your eye off the prize a little bit in terms of, getting disappointed if you don't end up headlining Glastonbury but there's a guy that's working backstage he's doing the lighting that's earning a decent yeah living yeah. loving it watching the, the, his favourite bands and he's there you know on the pyramid stage no one gets to see who he is but go be that guy if you, if you, you know if, you, if it's not yeah, working out yeah, if you're exactly. in the band or what, don't get disappointed stay positive and go do yeah. whatever it is and you apply yourself I think. there's so many different like levels and like when people go yeah, I'd, want, I'd love to work in music industry I'm like cool like what yeah Booking agent, PR, mm. digital, production, mm. you know, like yeah. A&R, yeah. scout. You know, what? what is it you look, you know, and mm. it's there's so many different aspects. It's like saying I want to be a builder mm. and you go, oh, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. What, what, yeah. carpenter, jibby, yeah. plumber, you know, spread. What do you want to do? And it's like, you know, there's so many different aspects. But I do think, you know, with 
with a lot of it. So we've we've getting back to what Warren was saying about the sort of almost not not scouting, but just sometimes people ring you up and put forward. Like I say, it's it's not something I kind of go out my way to do. But if there is anyone, I think yeah, they're they're amazing. Like and I say, I think her voice is incredible, mm-hmm. um, and she's a wicked song. She's only nineteen now, Rudy. Mm. She's got an amazing voice. She's cool as like one of the nicest people you'd ever meet, and um, she's not a singer; she's an artist. Yeah, and there's a, I think there's a difference. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. people that have won the yeah. voice, and I think they have they've got an incredible voice, mm. but they're not an artist. Mm. And I believe she, you know she plays guitar, she produces. Mm. She studied sound production and oh, music wow. technology at college. Yeah. She knows her way around the studio. Do you know what I mean? She's a yeah. songwriter. And her knowledge and wealth of knowledge and experiences so far, you know, for 19, are like, wow. Yeah. You know, she's got some wicked um, festivals coming up. Village Green, mm-hmm. uh, Leon C. She's got Evoke. She's got a couple of others. I'm mm. sorry, I can't remember them all. But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, but it, it, you know, and it's yeah. all of a sudden, it's like there's some really, there's some really great traction coming on and... Mm. Um, I think she's in a really, really strong position to kind of hopefully build. And the thing is now, a lot of people ain't looking at major labels to kind of mm. launch their career. You know, mm. people are going, well, what do I want a label for? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I can take control of this myself and it's almost like a yeah. cottage industry. And mm. I'm not saying you don't need labels, but not everyone needs a label. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot it's of It's a bit of a grey area nowadays, definitely, yeah. because you've got so many people self-releasing. Yeah, that's it. You can, from that device, um, record, edit, master and release distribute yeah. digitals uh, set up your socials and everything so, yeah so and do all of, your pr and do all your, everything yeah. the whole yeah. thing so it, it kind of yeah. on the one hand i think it's a it's a good thing that people are able to do that but on the other hand was there a value in having that filtration process of other people kind of taking care of some of that a and r picking up yeah, bands, yeah. You know, so it's kind of a bit of a gray area now as to yeah i think for some know, people it works for some people it don't you know if you're a smaller fish in the pond I think it can really it can be a really great process of you because some I mean I don't take this the wrong way the way the music industry's changed the business side of it I mean I, I actually think that quite a few people are not really too sure what, no. what they're doing anyway and I don't mean that disrespectfully mm. I think because it's been such a change I think people are still trying to figure it out yeah do you know what I mean where That's, do you earn money now and yeah what, and what? how do we how do we engage with yeah you know, your Gen Zs and your millennials and mm. how do we engage with our audience through, you know, how do we get from A to Z? You know, how do we how do we join the dots? Mm. Do you know what I mean? To get to that journey or whatever. And I think, I think in some ways it's given people an opportunity that would never have had mm. that previously, no. you know. But it, it works both ways, you know. There's labels that are amazing and they can pick up stuff. And, but like I say, I think, it's, I think the, there's a bit of a power shift, I think, to the artists. I mean, one thing what it does, it's almost like, all right, you might have a load more, but if you're, you know, if you are successful and, or you just get that sync on a TV show or a video game or, mm. do you know what I mean? A yeah. commercial or something that can be the catalyst to just launch you yeah. into a new realm. And you don't necessarily need a label for that. You can build your own team and cherry pick your own people, you mm. know, and build that around you. Mm. But, um, yeah, but get with 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 the likes of like Rudy, like say coming off winning the voice, blah blah. It's um it's it's quite a, you know, it's it's given a really good platform to kind of hopefully go on to launch a, a, a successful career, yeah. like you know. It's cool, man. So and so, just to finish up then, um, and uh, following on from what you just said, really, 
And this, this is sort of, this doesn't have to be strictly about production, but we, we can sort of tie it around that. What three tips would you give to somebody starting out now? And uh, bearing in mind what you've just said about labels, mm. about the kit you bought, ev- everything else. But we'll go to kit because that's going to be another question in a minute. Yeah. But three tips for someone starting out. One one of the things, I don't know whether this is, comes under one. I don't know who you <laughs> um, I think what's cool, I think I would never say, like, I've had people come to my studio and I go, cool, what do you do for a living, man? And they go, I'm in a band. And I go, no, but what do you do for a living? Because they've just sold free tickets for their last show. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, what do you actually do for a living? And they're like, no, no, that's what I do. I'm in, I'm in a band. So I think what's kind of cool is to, is to have a job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about if you were starting out, mm-hmm. you know, is whether you're a student and you're studying, cool or whether you're working, or whether it's something you're getting. I, I think it's, I don't think it's a good idea to stop doing whatever it is that makes you a living hmm. um, to concentrate on this. If it gets to a point where it's a transition period and you can see what it is that you're, you know, if you can see that this is going to, get some traction and mm. take off and be financially viable or whatever. Mm. I think, I think that's some people just go, yeah, I'm in a band and don't, yeah. and don't have a job. Mm. Um, you know, if there is a job available, that is, but mm. what, do you know what I mean? Mm. I think it's yeah. cool to, to work your music around your career until it gets to a point where you are lucky enough or good enough or whatever the word might be to make that transition mm. into that full time. So I think, you know, don't, don't give up your day job. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think, I, and I, I don't, that's and that's not being negative. Yeah. That's saying, do what you do, but don't put everything else on hold mm. because, you know, six years will pass by and you're still trying to plug away and mm. you've got no dough and pressure's on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't give up your day job, but you know, but keep the dream alive. Yep. For sure. Um, I think, understand I think it's good to understand what sort of artist or I'm I'm coming from a I'm coming from a a, a creative like an artist point of view uh, really on on this one so from that point of view like I say don't give up your day job make sure you've got something running alongside with some, bring you in some stickies um, get an understanding of what type of artist you would like to be um, rather than kind of chucking enough and hope that something sticks. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think it's good to have a clear a clear vision of where you want to take it or what artist you want to be. So that because if you're if you're not real, people are gonna suss you out. Yeah. So I think you've got to stay true to yourself and and look you know, this is the route I wanna go down or, you know, I would like to go down and like I say, just stay true to what you're doing mm. and have an understanding of what you want to be because your your fans, if you like, if if you don't know who you are, then they're not going to really be able to connect yeah. with what you who you are and what you're doing. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. basically, uh, basically, you've you got to be able to clearly define yourself so that other yeah. people can latch onto that. Yeah, so I think so. Because if you don't know, yeah. your fan base are not going to know and yeah. it's a bit like, next. Yeah. Um, that's two and I think 
if it was three, I think uh, hard work. Um, you know, don't expect someone to knock on your door with a couple of million pound advance mm. and go, you're going to be the next big thing. You know, I think learn your craft, you know, learn some instruments. You know, if you're a producer, any producers listening out there, learn an instrument. Yeah. You know, it just makes such a difference. Yeah. You know, so I just yeah. think just really put in time, effort and hard work. You know, it's it, and it's not a, a short, sharp fix. It's a it's quite a long mm. journey, I think. Mm. Um, and like I say, and someone says it's probably a lot of people. One of my mates always says, "The harder I work, the luckier I get." Mm. Mm. There so, you go. so I think yeah. that's. I think you know, it's a lot, a lot of hard work. Mm. Mm. But if you want something enough, you can you can achieve it. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So, final question. <laughs> Is and this is this is completely geek tech question as well. Yeah. So you want to make music? Yeah. You've probably got guitars indoors. Um, say you've just moved to London. Yeah. You've got your rent. You've got everything else sorted. You've got a few, you can you're a musician. You've written a few tunes and whatever. Yeah. You're ready to start making music, but you want to make it on your own. Yeah. You've got a grand left. What three bits of kit do you buy? Uh, for me, laptops quite expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you get a laptop. We could buy second a second hand, hand second hand laptop. Like I'm only going, on, I'm only going on my personal knowledge. Yep. So for me, it's it's about Apple. Yep. And not because it looks pretty, mm. because I think it's the most user friendly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so get yourself a Mac. Um, if you haven't got the stickies, I mean, most of them come with Garage Band now, don't mm. they? Exactly. Yep. So mm -hmm. if you're on a real budget, yep. Laptops, the main thing. You can make tunes on GarageBand. Ideally, if you can, get Logic. Um, and a, like a cool little bit of kit, um, which I think well, all right, is something like a Focusrite, mm. 2i2, Scarlet, you know, one audio input, you know. Um, and I think, I mean, you can buy a little bundle. So you can get, mm. you get like a mic, a pop shield mm. and some headphones, mm. yeah. you know, and something like, so basically get yourself a nice little in, audio interface, um, yeah, a Mac and Logic, yeah, and obviously uh, with a bit of luck, some speakers, <laughs> <laughs> or if not headphones, <laughs> you know, somewhere yeah. along the line, just get yourself a set of headphones. But yeah, mm. so with that, you've got within there, you've got the entire thing. You've got everything from a you want to recall bass, call you can put down some drums, great. You want to yeah. lock down some vocal, great. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be a forty-eight channel. SSL, yeah, you know it can be. It can just be a little sound card, little Scarlet two i two, focus right. I think it's a great little bit of kit mm. for anybody that's starting out. I think that's more than sufficient Got to one use. Bag, I think, I mean. Have you? Yeah. Got one right here. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, look, go. look at it in your rucksack. You've got your laptop. Yeah, you've got your audio it's interface. Let me drag this thing out though. But. Yeah. Inputs, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. So, yeah, that's it, really. And, and one of the things I would say, I think, just to add on to that is, just because you've got 200 plugins and 300 audio instruments don't mean you have to put them all in your track. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, you know... Strip it back. Yeah, sometimes, like... I know I've said about Ben's, like, zinc several times, but I've been in the for and gone, right, you've got none of this equipment, what do you buy? What you know, or what do you replace? You lose all this tomorrow, mm. 
but you've got the money. What bits of these you buy? You I won't buy that. I won't buy that. I won't buy that. Yeah, Do you know? Yeah, what? Yeah. But that's just somebody that's built up their studio over years. Mm. But you know what? A lot of what you need now isn't. You know, it's so incredible yeah. what you can get in the box. It's just mm. insane. Mm. You know. Um, but yeah, that's it. Laptop, Logic. Some people might go, oh, Logic, Cubase, or Bitwig, yeah, Bitwig, or right? yeah. yeah. I like those discussions though. I yeah, I do. It's good. Yeah. People love it. A lot, a lot of people are going doorless. They call it doorless. Now. There's a hashtag doorless where doorless, doorless yeah. Or just where it's like anti door. Uh, they, they won't go anywhere near the workspace. So what they do is that. The, connecting simps and linking it all together yeah, and yeah, trying yeah. to run it on a loop and stuff like yeah, that and running it yeah. through some sort of like tape recording and yeah wicked man. which is also which is great. equally as, as awesome yeah, yeah. it's going to cost you a lot of money it, well, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean but, but it's cool though if it's, yeah, it's space cool. and time yeah you know with with that it's quick and it don't take up a lot of room yeah like, like Warren's got his rucksack he's yeah. got laptop mics and a yeah business and, in a bag yeah really <laughs> Yeah. Hashtag business in a bag. <laughs> business in a bag. Yeah, that's that's um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. cool. As no. far as that's concerned, what's next for you, man? You got what have you got coming up? What have I got coming up? Um, what have I got coming up? Doing a new studio. You've moved all, all, oh, yeah, all that. So I've, I've that moved. Out. Yeah, I bought bought a place in Sunnyong Church, so relocated the studio. New, improved. All the bits that I never had at the other one. Where yeah. I wanted air conditioning in the rooms and oh, that. Oh, you know, it's just yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, got a big sort of live room, which is cool because what I've got is my recording studios linked into the two, like into my big live room. Yeah. And also into one of my rehearsal rooms. So you've got a nice bit of separation there, yeah, which is cool. Um, like I say this, um, really, it's just, what's next? I mean, I do a lot of things outside music, which is for another conversation. But um, with regards to music, I, I just genuinely like trying to, help people join the dots i suppose you know and try and get to where they need to be or want to be and to the best i can you know yeah. if i can but um like i say got a lot of work going on at the minute with rooty so we've got some really exciting things happening now um i mean like some of the bands who come down here are wicked like ollie from death of guitar pop used to be in states for motion you know they're doing some amazing bits. It's quite interesting to see their journey because he seems to have like got a real understanding of how to be a self-released, yeah. you know, self-releasing artist, yeah. band, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of. I think it's just about trying to. I like putting people together. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's next. I never do. <laughs> Good. Really. Yeah, yeah. a yeah. phone call might ring and it's the voice again. Yeah, it's, it's someone else. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like one of them. I mean, this this it's amazing, like the amount of talent that's around mm. that just don't get an opportunity to be seen or heard mm. or you know. And you know, like with Essex and that. I mean, you've got TV shows and whatever, and good luck to them. You know, it's cool, but people don't realise that there's so much talent, man, mm. that's local on your doorstep. And it's like, you know, but some of these people don't know how to get to that next step. Yeah, the wrong. You know, yeah. and all I like to do, I like to connect to people. I like to connect the dots. There ain't necessarily anything in it for me financially mm. or anything like that. It's just nice to go, you know, I need, I need I've got someone who needs this, this and this. Mm. And I go, cool. And within an hour, I've got it for them. Mm. And they're like, oh, nice. 
Mm. You know, there's no dough in it. Mm. It's purely for the love. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. wicked, you know. All of a sudden, you've just networked and put put some people together that might go on and do something pretty mm. special, like, you know, and it's uh, it's quite a nice thing to do. Cool, man. How do people find you online and at the White Rooms, right? So... Um, I think I'm on Google. You think? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got a little Google ad. They kept on getting my old address. Um, I've got an Instagram. Yeah. Um, it's something to do with the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, know, know your socials. Yeah, I've got a like... Yeah, I, I don't have a website. I've got like a lot of my stuff that I do is through word of mouth. Yeah. You know, um, that's pretty cool. Um, in fact, I'm just going to try and find if I can do it. Oh, it's one. Number one. There you go. Number one. Uh, oh, it was here. The White Room Studios. There you go. Oi, There you go. Get in touch. Yeah, get in touch. You know, we, right. we, we love to love. All right, Mark. With that, thank you very much, so, Mark Watts. Thank you so oh, much, Oh, thanks man. for having us. It's awesome. been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Going to have and, a uh, butchers about now, seeing what's going on. Yeah, we're yeah. look. All right. <laughs> Good luck to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, man. May the force be with you. <laughs> Well, there it is, another one in the bag. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time out to listen. Um, do head over to the the um, social media accounts. We need some followers. Uh, show us the love. Uh, you can find us at, at Through the Door on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, we're mainly active on, on Instagram, I think, but there you go. Um, thank you very much to Mark uh, for giving us that chat. And... Um, yeah, I guess we'll see you on the next one. Thank you very much. Bye.